It's not molded. It's not molded. It's not molded, so put it in there. That doesn't mean it's okay, though. Well, who? There's who the no fuck mold. Brought, who the fuck brought bananas in mold here? Mold isn't the only thing that. Why are we? Why are we putting bananas in the fridge? That's a Some countertop. For you. It's a countertop food. It extends. Says who? So I. What? I, I just assume because they're on the counter, and I go, "Oh, these are gonna go bad." So I put them in the freezer because I'll use them later in a shake. All right. Well, what else is in here? Well, we're we're still on the banana. So what I think happened is somebody goes, "Oh, I don't want it in the freezer." It was Cron. He opened the freezer and he's like, "Who the fuck put bananas in here?" They Who the fuck would put bananas in the freezer? And he set them on top. It doesn't matter who. If it's not your banana, why even touch it? Because it doesn't go there. Banana? Doesn't go there. And there's no name on it. Great okay, point, Dan. Remember that. I'm gonna remember that. You gotta put your name on things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, what else we got? I, here, it's my banana, so I, I I want it for my shake. You can have All it. Right. It's molded. It it the outside's molded. The inside's fine. Open it up and look. Peel that. Peel that apart. No. Peel it. I'm not peeling this shit in front of you. Eat the banana in front of us. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You know I only Come eat on. tubular foods out in the woods. He would. Yeah. I saw you sitting in your car the other day. That's why the- I blend all of my foods together. Now, Dan, what else is in there? Uh, speaking of tubular foods, this gogurt is in here as well. It's probably molded as well. Cron. Oh. These say cron on them. Hell yeah, dude. So those guys- are in the refrigerator? Yeah. Okay. Once again, I had put those in the freezer because they weren't going to last. So I was like, well, they'll make a good popsicle. And if you they're frozen, to, they'll last. You guys trying to take a girt to the brain? I mean, I'm just trying not. to save you money by extending the life of this shit that you're bringing in here. It's in a plastic bag thing, dude. It's fine. Okay. These will last forever. It, yes. And the planet thanks you for it. It is weird that you cut them and push them into a plastic bag and then eat it out of a plastic bag. They're in the tube, dude. Just eat them out of the tube. Yeah. No, that's lame. Then you don't get it all over your face and stuff. Uh, okay. But also write Gogurt on it because we all have our different random bags of goo in the fridge and it'd be nice to know. Like Mine's the purple. It's true. That's not hard. It. Throw it in. It's going not, in. No, 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 no. We're not making one big one. We're each picking our own flavors. We only have one blender. And I will go first, and I will leave you two to wash however you want to do for the rest of them. But I took the banana first, so I'm blending first. If we all agree on the ingredients that go in, then I think we can share it three ways. I'm all fine together. with banana girt so far. But I yeah. don't want yogurt. Just take a little off the top. It's, it's gogurt, not yogurt. I, I don't want to wash the blender three times. We haven't washed that thing. I found it out back, bro. <laughs> you pour some water in it. You put the lid on. You hit blast a few times. You pour the water out, and you're fine. Like it's, yeah, We had water, vodka, tequila. Uh, that's good. It'll that? probably kill a lot of the germs that are going to be obviously in these... 
Karan, did you put the cockroaches in there the last time we were playing Truth or Dare? I think you put cockroaches in there. I had a little bit of lice out and put it in there too. Yeah, there's, I mean. I mean, rice. I said rice. There's going to be bugs back here. We're leaving food all over the counter. We're leaving yogurt on the counter. I'm not shaving my fucking head again, okay? I look like a fucking idiot. They got into my pubes. I'm really itchy right now. The lice. What? Did you shave? Yeah. No hair, no problem. Even the, the, the back part? All of it. Okay. Because there's usually the, a... There's usually like went, a little special... Why are you pointing up? Went to the raisin shooter? I'm, I'm pointing up to any... Cause the raisin I'm, shooter. I'm I don't get hair up there. What? Up in it? Oh, yeah, all around the raisin shooter, it's gonna yeah. be some hair, bro. The hair. Well, I get go... that. I get that. But bone just pointing up like this. Well, the hair I mean, goes all the way up like in there. It's like the teeth of a sandworm. It goes all the way. It's just not on the outside. <laughs> the ha- the hair is what pushes the poop out, like little tentacles. All right. Well, huh, maybe I got bugs up there. Uh, all right. Banana and a yogurt. What else? The f- what is in here? Jesus Ooh, Christ! Uh, raisin brand. Did it? Nobody. Doesn't have a name on it. I don't want crunchies in my fucking smoothie. I, so I, I also don't it want it after we said all that raisin shooter stuff. Eh, good point, Cron. Trash can that is. We're composting it. So I brought the bin in for the compost. It's oh, so easy. Sprinkling you just throw it, on the it next to the, in the back. You just throw the shit. Listen, I lined the bin with a bunch of plastic, <laughs> nice. so we don't mess up the bin. I make sure my footprint isn't on it when I stamp it down because I say like your footprint or something. Let's go. Okay. We could just throw the plastic bag outside when we're done here. You guys kept getting bitten by the raccoons. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, let's There's, just keep there the There was more of them out. than us. Okay, I'm not... Uh, listen, I said let's keep the food outside of the dumpster so they don't need to go in the dumpster. We can put the rest of the trash in it. I, it sounds like you just want to continue being bitten by the raccoons. That's fine. You know, I'm still... I'm looking for revenge, Okay. I got I'll twice. I got twice as strong after my last raccoon bite. Let them bite your scalp, and maybe they'll get lice. And that's a good idea. But I do not way. like it's water good. anymore. Oh, uh, pineapple. Mine. All right. Toss it in. It's going in. Yep. So I have banana and pineapple. You got any protein in there? Uh, nutter butter. It's mine. Only oh. one. I'll take it. That's, I call it. mine. It's got my name All on it. Right. Leftover shrimp scampi. That's mine. Fine. My roommate's made it. You know what? I'm done. I just want the banana and the pineapple. So let me. Uh... Hey, could I get a third of that for the girt to go with the girt? The shrimp? No. 
the blend. Nope, I'm done. All right. Let me just open my bag of Gert so you can pour that right in. All right, there you go. It's greedy as hell, dude. Do whatever the fuck you want. Throw you all the Gogurt and uh, lice and uh, Nutter Butters and Raisin Bran. And... This was your idea. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you guys keep throwing shit in here. You just said it's all yours. No. You took all the good stuff. <laughs> I called I the things because we were draft we were drafting, okay? We haven't drafted anything in a while. I wrote my name on most of the stuff in the fridge. Oh, you wrote your name then, on the fridge. Then get, you then you're responsible for getting rid of it. That's a great point, Dan. Uh I did write my name on the side of the fridge. <laughs> hey guys, I knew this was gonna be like this. Yeah. So uh, the pizza guys already dropped two pizzas off up front. Okay, but uh, uh, actually, Dan, I want, I'm going to show Kron something on the bottom of this refrigerator. Excuse me. It's the Is bottom, I'd say. Out? It says Bones 1994. <laughs> Abracadabra, motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck. Is this the one that came from your dad's garage? You're goddamn right. This has plenty of Phantom Menace Mountain Dews. Got you, dude. You fucking burned you, Kron. You idiot. <laughs> Looks like you're closing tonight, bitch. Hope you left me a Miller highlight. To highlight fair, from the back. I, I wrote Bones 1994 on it two days ago. Still burn. <laughs> Gambled. All right, this blender's got me uh, thinking of something. So I'm going to go start a movie while you guys dick with the rest of this mess. I say you just pull the fucking refrigerator. Out to the alley, let the raccoons just clean it out. Just let them in. It's nature's way. And this week on Five Day Rentals, Shakedown. Listening to Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast. My name is Bones, and this is a brand new category entitled Two Hander. That's right. Two motherfucking stars and names above the title. Whatever configuration you want, who gives a shit? Protagonist, antagonist, buddy cops, duos, rom coms. Can't wait for Dan to bring before sunset. My name is Bones, and I have selected Shakedown from 1988 with Peter Weller and Sam Elliott for this category, and I'm joined, as always, by two guys who play Russian roulette with one chamber empty, Cron Howard, Laundry Dan, how are you? Howdy. Thank you, Bones. Thank you, Cron. A lot of pressure on me this episode, huh? What's that? Yeah, tomb, Tombstone, I could just say, thank you, what? Mm-hmm. Thank you, what? Goddamn monologue in this one. Possibly the funniest slash most depressing monologue. 
in 80s yeah. cop history? It's a weird one. <laughs> and kind of doesn't need to be in the movie. <laughs> like, you could you could just lift that out. I don't think it would matter. I think uh, a third of this movie doesn't need to be in this movie. <laughs> That's what makes it kind of great. Yeah. This is a straight-to-TV movie with nudity and action and cussing, like, peppered in. This has the feel of you're 13 and it's 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, first time watch Shakedown? Yes, sir. Familiar was... with it. Am I familiar with it? Yeah. I'm getting somewhere with it. Uh, this was the one that I always had the roller coaster Sam Elliott thing from what I seen on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. So this was it, huh? Yeah, we I never it. knew the fi- I never knew the name okay. of the movie, so, but that was the that was where it was from. But is that a weight lifted off of you? In a way, you know, I can I think I can sleep a little better. It's like that uh, song from the '90s. Uh, I'm a whip, boom, boom, mm, I'm a whip. I never knew what that song was called. I thought he was saying like Bomb Away. And then once what? we had like Shazam and I could figure out what the fuck it was and I found it. What is he saying? On my way, I think. Okay. You know what song I'm talking about? Oh, Bomb Away. away. Was it just a guy like his wife would he gets off at four and she's calling him at four oh one and he's like I'm on my way. Yeah. Hey, I'm on my way. Yeah, I'm on my way. On my way song. Cronin, have you ever seen Shakedown from nineteen eighty eight? No, this was a first-time watch. I watched a lot of uh, Blue Jean-oriented action stuff, though. So You gotta. Can't believe I missed this one. Okay, let's, you know, see, let's see if this works. The United States was the only country that changed the name t- of this movie. Shakedown is better than Blue Jean Cop. Yeah, it's gotta I make sense. I kind of like, like Blue Jean Cop. I think it's kind of cool. Is coming through? Yeah. Almost tell you to run. Is that the band or just fucking desert nomads? Is that all the band? Are there Holy 15 shit. people? Yeah. Don't like know if, Golden Shower. It's like Mumford and Sons times three. I'm oh. fucking confused as hell. Why? Why was the Native American in there? They were here first, Dan. (laughs) Why is there a band member that just plays like woodblock? The scratchy thing? Are they getting the same cut as the guy playing guitar? Because I don't think that's fair. They seem like hippies, so it's it's split fairly, I think. Yeah, they all share her. Yeah, but at the same time... These all look like the people from that documentary uh, with the blue lady. With the blue lady. The mother god. 
bitch. I don't know. All it's Kron knows be. what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's on HBO. L- Love is one. Yeah, something like that. It's not the Baba Yaga. I mean, what's that one? That's John Wick. Uh, oh, I thought I thought you were saying Bogwan, the Duke. Bogwan. <laughs> the Bogwan, the Baba Duke, and the Baba Yaga walk into a bar. Mm-hmm. I'm finished the joke. That John Wick kills them all. <laughs> takes four movies and it's awesome. Uh, yes, this movie was uh, originally titled Blue Jean Cop, as you guys were saying. Um, definitely seems like something I should have seen. Blue was Jean Cop a, or Shakedown? A Blue Jean Cop, I don't know if I would have put on, but Shakedown, Shakedown this, seems like a title. And TV Guide, I would have been like, okay, okay. This has that HBO, like, it played, like, every weekend on HBO type feel. Yeah. Um, I, F- Flashpoint is famously a movie. I love that I use famously for four people. Uh, it was a movie that I had selected for the show, which was, like, an HBO media movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie has higher production value than Shakedown. We and did a movie called Flashpoint? We were going to. Almost. And then the oh, week that, that the I had announced cha- it, okay. yeah, they dropped it off of Max. I think it's back on there now, though. Um, but I will say, when I dig this thing for being a TV movie, that's more about like just the aesthetic. I think it's got pretty kick-ass action. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree it, with that. It's out of place. It's kind of two movies mashed together. Yeah. But there's enough fun stuff that you kind of don't give a shit. I think for the two-hander category, these are like definitely a left hand and a right hand for this duo. Expand. Were they friends? Yeah. They're like... Weren't they high school buddies? Is did I miss that? I think so. Oh, I thought they just knew each other from like I'm a public defender and you're a yeah. cop. Oh, he says something about. I thought he said something about high school. Now that could have just been like a phony kind of dig. Hmm. They don't seem the right ages to have gone to high school together. <laughs> they seem about the same age to me. Yeah, I'd say they seem about the same. Sam age. Elliott's just looked that way since. <laughs> The early 70s. Well, I guess that's part of the problem. If you want them to be high school buddies, you shouldn't cast a guy that has looked 70 since he was 30. Weller's not looking super young here. Yeah, Weller, outside of playing Murphy, has always looked old to me. I think a large part of that is the shape of his head. He's got kind of like a Defoe thing going on. Good yeah, call. I can see that. I don't know. I just didn't think they were like buds. But he does say, "Is there no? Well, here, no shakedown coming." Yeah. So obviously they've they've had a past. It could it could be that. Yeah, could just be like you said. They've sort of worked with each other, and and Weller is aware of 
marks his history, you know? He's a good, clean cop. You could, if somebody watched this once and then said, I feel like Marx doesn't really have anything to do in the movie. He has, like, really the monologue and then the action scenes. He does really feel like, on on first glance, sort of secondary to Weller, right? But it makes me wonder how much maybe got cut out in favor of all the action and shit that they did shoot. Yeah, but I, th- I mean, they cut a lot of Weller stuff too. I think be, so. Yeah, I mean, every courtroom scene starts in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> I mean, clearly they had to start somewhere before that. <laughs> I I sort of feel that that's smart. I love how quick the courtroom scenes are. It's like yeah, but I think they shot more, and then they were like, "Well, we got to fucking trim this shit down." Yeah. I also wonder how much more uh, Michael Jones conversation there would have been potentially, like you know, because he doesn't he talks to him the first time, and then he's in court. Mm-hmm. There's like no further. I wouldn't call it interrogation because it's his his defendant, basically. But well, did you both give the, this the two watches, or yeah, just the I one? Okay, I only did one. What were you saying, Dan? Are the the other like shithead cop, like the actual bad guy? Yeah. Didn't seem like there was seemed like there's maybe more there. He was up to some other shit as well. That's a fair point. Yeah, and NC definitely feels pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I do like the pace of the movie. I don't want to say it as a negative. Like <laughs> uh, this, this movie literally gets to an hour and a half, and they're like, "God damn!" Like the movie's supposed to be done by now, <laughs> and they just race through. I'm. They race through what could be a top 10 action sequence. And and we'll get to it. I'm I'm we're not talking about it at all until we get to it. Um Dan, in any research, did you get a vibe for like production time? Like how long this thing took at all? Mm, I didn't get that uh it seemed like he did have some some leeway though with with the studio and stuff. Okay. They did shut down some city streets and stuff like that. So I think I read they couldn't shut down Times Square because at the time it was still so shitty. Yeah, and I think they did Forty Second Street. Did they both have assigned bodyguards? Yeah, because it was just and as I'm it was saying, fun Times Square. Yeah, this is reminding me when you mentioned that they don't really f- feel like they don't pop together in the first part of the movie. I think I was reading that they didn't get along. Like Sam yes. Elliott wasn't too keen on, I don't know. And then now that we know that Weller is obsessed with Oreos, it's like. Yeah, he's probably demanding sweets all I the wish time on Sam the set. Sam Elliott had known that beforehand, you know? They ran, Weller ran the New York Marathon, and I guess Sam Elliott showed up and supported him 
and Weller really thought that was cool. And that's when they kind of started to to get along with each other. Hell yeah. Have you ever really heard like a positive Weller story though? I feel like he's kind of an actor that people are like, dude's hard to work with. <laughs> I, I think I've shared this. Oh, well, you're saying in terms of like professional, I think I've shared the story before of Sam's friend that rode on his boat in Italy for a day with him and said he was fucking cool. I think he'd just rather be doing that stuff. Yeah. Cause doesn't he like teach or some shit over there? I, I think he finished his like architectural history doctorate doctorate. Yeah. Like once he kind of slowed down acting loser. And then I believe he had a history or national geographic show for a while. You know, one of those generic, like half of it is CG. Mm-hmm. Let's, and then you He's watch kinda... it on Netflix and then they still have the commercial break and then they come back and it's the same 35 seconds to fill you in in case you just tuned in. And in all actuality, the information could be condensed to 15 minutes <laughs> and you're following some like institute or university student who's like developed some new torpedo with sonar technology and it keeps showing the same thing over. It's just fucking show me the scan. Are we going to kill all the dolphins or not? Yeah. Just get to it. He's a underseen actor for me, I think. Weller? Yeah. I was kind of looking and I'm like, yeah, I haven't really seen a lot. He did one. What's the Tim Thomerson movie that we did? Trancers. Trancers. And then there's Scanners. And I think mm-hmm. Weller was in one called Screamers, maybe. Oh, I think I started that movie at one point. <laughs> yeah. I think I always get those three mixed up. And even though we've done Trancers, I still fall victim to that doll man versus demonic toys oh are you trying to confuse me further i wasn't weather that was tim thomerson isn't there yeah, another one he's in a lot tim he's, thomerson's in a yeah. lot dude worked people loved having him on set he would go to everybody's marathons dude was probably shooting three four movies at a time at points he didn't even know. <laughs> well, probably not, because I bet that fucking uh, Full Moon went and cut a bunch of footage together and called it a new movie. Here's a $2 check. Mm-hmm. Good job, Tim. All right. Well, I there's a part of me that wants to hurry up and get into the plot of this, but there's the other part of me that knows that there's a Bones pick. So ain't ain't that many people listening. So anything else you guys want to talk about before you rate my letterboxed? I got nothing. Okay, let's go ahead and rate my letterbox in then. The time of this uh, episode record, sitting at a 3.2 average letterbox rating. I'm guessing Bones, 3.5. 
I'm going 3.0. All right. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Hope the audience is ready. Because, guys, it's 1988. It's Shakedown, a James Glickenhouse film. And our two stars, as mentioned already, Peter Weller, Sam Elliott. Dudes, crack is whack, man, and the park is littered. All right, we've got a drug dealer kind of minding his own business, rocking out to some... um, Is this a Faith No More ripoff, Dan? Did you turn this up and rock out? The second time I watched this, I was like, man, this really got some, like, first album of faith going on in this. Uh, Yeah, he's rocking out. He takes a hit of his own supply, and he's approached by a shadowy figure. Whoa, whoa. That could be his personal. Yeah. He seems like a decent drug dealer. I think he's a good businessman, Bones. I don't think he's... So you think he's taking a, a bill out of his front pocket, moving it to his back pocket before he takes... A vial out of the tackle box. No, it's just he's already bought some for himself. Yeah, he got his supply and then paid for his usage as well. Well, now he's carrying two stashes. He's got a personal stash and a sell stash. Well, if it's a good day, you can sell a little of what you got, you know, if you're really moving moving product. Yeah, depending on the the traffic that's coming down. See, I think he only buys when it's slow. He's like, shit, well, I need to put some cash in this thing. <laughs> it's 87. The crack game is not slow right now. No. What you're proposing is the is the take a dollar, throw away a, a banana <laughs> paradox here. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That's crack math, man. That makes <laughs> sense. All right, anyway, this uh, shadowy figure approaches and it looks like it might be a deal. Guy says, I've only got big bills. Drug dealer says, uh, you know, I, 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 I can break that. We're good. We're cool. Shadowy figure still got his hands in his pockets, and he finally comes into the light, and he says, but can you turn off that fucking music? I really hate rap music. And of course, Dan's feel, like, this isn't rap. I feel like you shouldn't say that. This is funk. To your drug dealer. Well, but also, if you're planning to pull a gun... Wouldn't the sound of the music cover the, oh, the good. click of the hammer? Yeah, but if he's trying to hold him up, too, if he's like, give me all your money, and he's like, what? <laughs> give me all your fucking money. I can't hear you. You know. That's I didn't tell a joke. That's, I'm not funny. That's a little frustrating. So uh, drug dealer, you know, he's like, okay, cool. And uh, he stops the tape, but he might have also pushed another button on this boombox. Remember that for later. We cut to a bunch of police units. Did, did boomboxes have microphones on them? The really nice ones that took 8D batteries. I probably. just don't remember that. I mean, I never had like a boombox proper. I had like a home, like a little stereo, but... I, 
wouldn't be surprised if some of them had built-in mics. I mean, I know a lot of them had auxiliary inputs and stuff. That's what street preachers and shit were using. Yeah, guess, that's, you know, or, that's a good point. Have to use two tapes on a regular, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't recall him having two tapes, two tape decks yeah, in it. I just saw the one. Just the one. So I don't think you'd need two tape decks, though. Well, if you're trying to record reel to reel, record, yeah. Well, but that's just, well, like copy a tape over. Yeah, or you're trying to copy the radio. And you're well, trying I guess to time yeah, it the radio right. you can. That boombox has a radio in it. Mm-hmm. If it's got a mic, it's got a radio it had, it receiver. Had a thing, yeah, it had the dial. Tapes, uh, young children. We're talking about cassette tapes. I was looking at getting a cassette player. Why? Because he's know. got a whole other room in his house with nothing, so he's already got the <laughs> records in one room. Why not do a? I thought I could hook up. Room. I, I mean, the receiver has like a tape in. I could just hook it up like a a combo CD and tape player. Now I can play three kinds of media. Isn't it already a fucking bitch of enough with vinyl? Well, yeah, but tapes take up a whole lot less room. Yeah, dude. And you can rewind them. You don't have to lift up the little thing and risk scratching a $170 (laughs) jazz vinyl. Or fucking up your needle. (laughs) See this uh, Slipknot Volume 3? Got that shit for like 15 bucks. Is that your favorite Slipknot? Yeah, I think so. Oh, fuck, dude. What? Wrong choice. What's the best Slipknot album? Iowa. Chapter five. Three, three, two, five. Five, two, two, one. Two, one, three. Three, two, five, one. (laughs) We are not your kind. Whichever one they put out last was definitely the worst. That yes, I know uh, that much. I don't even consider yes. that one. The last two or the bottom two. We are not your kind. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. All hope is how, gone. Just just edges out. We are not. Your how, kind. how are you not putting two in the top spot? I'm not. I'm Three, putting it, two. I'm doing five two. All right. The, the lead singer of the band puts three as one. And he's okay. having some mental issues right now. So there, it's a, you know what? It's it's tough in the maggot community right now for all of us. <laughs> so, hey, fellow maggots, let's get your uh, your rankings in the Discord. By that, uh, I mean I'm just I guess I'm just inviting the you guys still listen to Slipknot. All right. Yeah, we're old. Police dispatch. To be? Are we supposed to be listening to like Sleep Token? I think everyone is supposed to be listening to Taylor Swift now. Has anybody Fuck, listened fucking to Fucking assimilate, Sleep Token? dude. No. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Melvin's, Ween, Butthole Surfers, Jesus Lizard. Boris. How's that? That's enough. That's five artists. That's cool. Yeah, you're cool. 
Dan? Bones, what have you been? I you no, I defer to you first. Oh, I've been I've been doing a lot of smashing pumpkins. Oh crosses. Mastodon and fuck. I don't know. Mastodon is like that's my twenty twenty four for sure. Um, I've been doing a lot of bush in the last two weeks since you bought tickets. Um, a lot of corn in the last week because I've been a little down. <laughs> and uh, a lot of Hans Zimmer. Oh. Been having to do a lot of data-related work at the office, and I find uh, that's helpful. Nice. I find movie scores are one of those things that I can pause, somebody can talk to me, and I can pick back up, and it's not as frustrating. You know, like when you're in a bridge breakdown or something. Mm-hmm. You know, on a Mastodon song, and you get to, like, the end of Megalodon, and you're like, fuck. They just, like, fuck. Then you accidentally like, close Spotify. Now you <laughs> got to try to skip forward 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. What's that back there, Dan? Is that a uh, Leviathan? That's, that's a Leviathan. Ooh. Radio dispatch. We cut to a bunch of police cars. It's been a shooting in the park. Is that our park? What the hell? I thought we just saw a polite drug deal about to go down. Nope. Units arrive. They see both the drug dealer and the buyer. They're shot and they're laid out. Medic declares that the buyer is dead and he goes to help the dealer, but the cops... They're pretty fucking touchy about this. Cut to the radio news. Police officer Patrick O'Leary was shot late last night in Central Park. Now, this radio belongs to Peter Weller, and he plays one of our heroes, Roland Dalton. He switches the radio over to one of his Hendrix tapes, starts making himself a homemade orange Julius and some popcorn. He's fucking celebrating. He's having a great mood, great morning. His lady Gail comes in. His his version is milk, OJ, coffee, grounds, and an egg. Yeah. It's so, fucking disgusting. So which one are you drink? Are you drinking stone cold? Are you drinking shakedown? Stone cold though. He's got some protein in there. I guess he's got an egg. He's got an egg. I feel like you're getting more. I mean, does he got a Snickers? Well, stone cold. He drops a few eggs in that one, but he's got, yeah, he puts he two Snickers in it. I think mm. he puts the eggshells in, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but you're blending it up. And that's good it's for just minerals. minerals. Yeah. It's good for their coat, for the oily skin of that uh, monitor lizard or whatever the fuck it was. Honestly. Too much, too much milk and Wellers. Yeah. Milk and orange juice. I don't think I, that. I, it's got to be a certain ratio i think because then you get like you're in dreamsicle creamsicle territory and that's okay if it's too much orange juice is there something with the acid in the milk like can you fuck it up and curdle it is that lemon maybe that would fuck it up i would do this one and stone cold over the end of days (laughs) pizza chinese food coffee pepto 
Yeah. Although I don't dislike the take uh, the taste of the pink bismuth. I find it soothing. But I'm a hardened cop, so <laughs> take that shit straight. Anyways. I'm a detective, so I just do coffee. Yeah, where do you find the time to sit down and yeah. enjoy a meal? I I eat at my desk and stuff. I don't have to throw my lunch out the window as soon as we get a call. Well, with the crazy driving, you don't want to drop your hoagie. You're not a real detective then, dude. Look, guys, I'll talk to Chief about promotions, okay? I can't promise you anything. I've gotten one. You've been doing great on the the traffic beat here lately. It's hard for me to believe that you're taking this seriously, LT. You got mayo all over your fucking stash. Well, you're bothering me on my lunch break. Go to the designated lunch room if you're at your desk. That implies you're I got a call about this uh, cold case. Uh, No one. I see. I see guys out there. Single crime. No one calls about cold cases. It's why they're coming, Jefferson. Gail is uh, Dalton's fiance, and she absolutely kills the vibe and starts confusing Jimi Hendrix with heavy metal, and this bums Dalton out even more. There yeah, had to don't don't marry this bitch. There had to be a brief window there, right, where Hendrix was like the heaviest music around, though. Fair point. So maybe she's just stuck in 1968 or something. This is 87 when they filmed it. They couldn't find like anything new. I don't know. Hendrix was 60s, man. Yeah, but he's like, old, he's, he's just an old school rock guy. Yeah, he, she just doesn't understand fucking music at all. Has any of you ever met a person that's like their number one artist is Jimi Hendrix? No. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had either. I went to his... Uh, Gravesite when I was in Seattle. It's kind of cool. Was it like a statue or just like? Yeah, I think it was like a statue of a guitar, and it was in like a little. uh, It's like a columned gazebo, kind of out of concrete and stuff around it. So I don't mind Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Greatest hits. You know, yeah, I'm not. I like Hendrix. Yeah, actual albums. I think I got a few. You're not gonna point to any randomly over your (laughs) shoulder. I don't think I have any out, do I? No. No. I may have two or three. I don't know. Gail gives Roland a present, and it's uh, an atrocious briefcase. And in this, in this exchange, we realize that uh, this is. Dalton's last week in legal aid as a public defender. He's moving on to Wall Street big time. He's going to start working for his future father-in-law's Wall Street firm. We see him at a lunch meeting later in the day with ADA, uh, John McGinley. Not credited as John C. McGinley in this. Whoa. They are negotiating over like three or four different stacks of case files. McGinley's basically saying, hey, your last week, let me be easy. These I'm, these I'm prosecuting. These I'll let go. This will clear with time served. We're good to go. Dalton how can't many, have that. How many movies do you think McGinley's in for less than 15 minutes? Dude's got a solid career, man. 
I mean, it's awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, if I could, you know, if I could ever work in Hollywood, that's exactly what I would hope for. <laughs> Let me pop into a, a movie for 10 minutes and never be seen again. And almost always memorable. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, what have we had On so Deadly far? Ground. On Deadly Ground he's been in. I mean, he's fantastic in Point, uh, point Break. Very, he's like kind of underutilized in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you guys ever see Office Space? He's so fucking funny in Office Space. Nah, mm-hmm. but people always talk about it. You gotta watch Office Space, dude. That's like required. You, like if you have you, a job, if you're a cinephile, Dan. Yeah, you'll fucking yeah. watch it, dude. It's so. Fucking I walk funny. in sometimes, and they're like PC load letter, and like everybody starts laughing, and I'm God. like. Uh, they're like, I, what'd you watch? And I'm I like, will say that I have a case of the Mondays on Wednesday. And people are like, oh, fucking off That's a good one. It's that great. Comes, that comes from that movie? That's from, that started, oh. like it got juice from Office Space. You know, I believe if anybody said that where I work, you'd get your ass kicked. It's funny that you say that because there's another really funny guy in that movie that says that too. Oh shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. He's like And it was called uh He's obsessed with boobs and stuff. Office room? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to look it yeah. up. Google will correct it for the you. The office. The office? Yeah. Watch yeah. all eight seasons. <laughs> oh, it's a TV show. Okay. Yeah. Don't watch the British down. version. It's not very satisfying. Oh, nobody it's like can so short. Them. You're like, I would rather this be like eight seasons and fall off kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. But just keep going. Yeah. Just power through. And then and the last two seasons are just them like singing and dancing every episode. Mm-hmm. Set up like multiple possible spinoffs that just don't feel right. And then you totally mm-hmm. bail because you've actually set up a completely other universe called Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. So watch Office Room. Parks and Rec, then go back. You probably should watch the UK office because it'll make a lot more sense. Okay. Okay. I got added a whole bunch to my plate. I don't know. You think John C. McGinley ever was on the office? No, because he was doing Scrubs. Yeah, he's on Scrubs. The far superior show. Do you think so? To the office? Yeah. We're kind of comparing bottom of the barrel stuff here. Now, that's not to say Scrubs doesn't fall off, but I re- I don't like that main guy from Scrubs. Zach Braff? Or yeah, you like to call him Zach Barf? We know. I don't like him. Why why not? He just you just want to punch him, you know? <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's where and the then guy... He made, he made that fucking movie that everybody thinks is good. Garden State? Yeah, it sucks. It's a I bad know, movie. I, I watched it, and I couldn't tell you what happens in it. He is a... Doesn't he go home? He's like a failed sh- actor, and he goes home because his mom dies. And his mom was paralyzed because he once left the dishwasher open and she tripped and fell. 
and his dad kind of resents him. And then he meets Natalie Portman, who is susceptible to seizures, so she has to wear a helmet. <laughs> and then he gets a World War II motorcycle with a sidecar from his grandfather. And then I think his old best friend... Is uh, Peter Sarsgaard, and he he does like return refund scams at like a local uh, department store. Watch Garden State a few times, though. <laughs> How many times have you seen that? I may or may not have dated somebody who was really into that fucking movie. Well, I think what that soundtrack like- was everywhere. He did Garden State, and he did, I don't even know, like, what, 10 seasons of Scrubs? Yeah, something about that, yeah. And then he was like, I'm going to make Garden State 2, and he, like, funded it through Kickstarter. So it was like, I'm sure he had enough money to fucking make the damn thing himself after 10 seasons of a TV show. Was it Garden State 2, or was it a different movie? It might have been a different movie. But it's basically... Yeah, it was like, you know what you're getting. Okay. But why would you have Why would you have people that are like, here's $25, please... To put your name in the credits, Crumb. Yeah, but it's, it's fucked up. You, guy had enough money to do it. How does that you, shit work? Do you get like a DVD... No, I think Afterwards? you just get your name in the credits. The is that like that, a, does it depend like if it's a perk thing? The guy that did Film Vault when he did his movie Groupers, he had like different tiers. So if you did like a hundred bucks, you got your name in the credits, like he would send you a DVD or a Blu-ray copy and all that stuff. So yeah, there's different tiers that you could do. What a sad state of affairs. I feel bad when I'm watching like Resident Evil 4 speed runs, you know, that were live streamed and the play, like the guy playing is like, thanks, Mugadushu42 Poop Bomb. Thanks for the super chat. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not, I'm watching this f- six weeks later and scrubbing through it and I'm not even going to like or subscribe. Yeah. So I guess more power to these people that are finding it in their income, I guess, to be able to support the things they want to see. Yeah, but you're supporting a guy to sit home and play video games all day. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Or you're supporting Zach Braff, <laughs> who already has an established film career. I mean, I guess I get it if you're like, I'm trying to raise 50 grand to make a documentary or something, you know, it's like, but yeah. Zach Braff's got a, he could fucking go get a meeting in Hollywood and say, give me $800,000 to make a movie. And I'm yeah. sure somebody would have. He can't make it as quirky as he wants without <laughs> studio meddling. Without a million people giving him $20. Do we really need Natalie Portman in that seizure helmet? Yes. I don't even remember that. You don't? No. (laughs) Kron might be right about Garden State. 
I never said it's I liked a, it. It's a bad movie. I enjoyed it at the time. You were just trying to get... <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> All right, during this lunch meeting... Oh, my God, how the fuck are we only this far? All right. During this lunch meeting, uh, a lady comes up named Susan, and Dalton is taken aback. A little back and forth. Turns out they might have had some fucking history. She says, I'll see you in court. Dalton asks McGinley, like, what the fuck was that about? McGinley's like, dude, she's a new ADA. What? Yeah. She's Harvey Dent. (laughs) So the new case that Dalton has just been assigned is the shooting in the park. He arrives at the jail. As he walks by, we get this cute little scene with... uh, not quite a, a warden or a prison guard. He's just the, the cop in charge of the lockup who's divvying out the lunches for the day. I and, know, right? Uh, Tony quick, Soprano will kill quick him. Quick little insert where he's like, here's your food. Would you also like a condom? And the Wall Street-looking guy that's getting his food's like, why the fuck would I need a condom? And the cop's like, you know, we're supposed to reinforce safe sex now. And then this very large scary man walks up and says I'll take a condom and gives a pretty romantic look to our Wall Street banker here I like that joke yeah <laughs> that's but that's the kind of casual homophobia you can't throw into a movie anymore <laughs> Dalton meets Michael Jones this was our drug dealer turned shooter from the park and Michael is straight up with Dalton He's like, dude, I'm a drug dealer. I didn't know this dude was a fucking cop. He came up to me, did not announce himself as a cop. He pulled his piece, and I shot him. Dalton can't believe this. He's like, well, it, it keeps pushing him a little bit more. Why, a, why are you so open? And B, I, I don't believe that that's everything, right? Doesn't he say something like, not even your mom is going to believe this story? Yeah. <laughs> and MJ... I have him noted as MJ. Michael Jones just keeps going, and he's like, listen, this dude was a blue jean cop. And immediately Dalton's like, what the fuck does that mean? And Michael starts to go on about, hey, I work for a guy that plays the rules, all right? If this guy would have pressed me, I would have fucking handed the money over, and I would have moved on. He'd still be alive. I know the game, and NC knows the game. And Dalton's like, who's NC? And Michael's immediately like, fuck, shouldn't have said that shit. Cut to a movie theater. Don't you think you could figure out Blue Jean Cop from, well, I mean, if you're like a public defender, that you would know that. I feel like I could pick it up from context clues while I was watching the movie. I don't, it's a bummer because the guy was wearing all denim. So mm-hmm. does it, I could have taken it as undercover, not necessarily, you know, dirty. Yeah, I guess it's like, I guess I thought like out of uniform officer, right? Yeah. But eventually they should be like, I'm a cop. Yeah, because you're familiar with the term, what, plainclothes officer? Yeah, right? plainclothes yeah. cop, yeah. So inside this movie theater, a bunch of people are watching Soldier from 1982. Also, pretty good. <laughs> it did. Also directed by our uh, 
James Glickenhaus. It's a guy on skis shooting an Uzi at people. It se- yeah, it seems like a uh, right up Bones Alley. I thought it was the Bond movie at first. It does have some... Well, he got multiple... I mean, Majesty you, Secret Service. Honor, yeah, you got Honor Majesties. You've also got View uh, to a Kill and Spy Who Loved Me. Spy Who Loved Me got that awesome Union Jack parachute base jump scene. And then View to a Kill is where he invents snowboarding. And they play uh, uh, Beach Boys. Nope. Nothing. I don't, I have <laughs> not, not for far. me. Okay. <laughs> I haven't made it that far. All right. Inside this theater, sleeping one off, is our other hero, Sam Elliott. And this is Richie Marks. He's woken up by, I think it's a beeper. He slowly walks into a bathroom where he pops open like a fuse box, kind of in, in this wall where he's got a toothbrush, some old school like toothpaste powder waiting on him. He starts brushing his teeth. Does he have teeth. a home or is this his home? I think, I think he just lives like a different place every night. Yeah, I think him being undercover, he's like real deep in it. Mm. And I think we're about to get a little bit of backstory coming up. So Dalton comes in, and Richie kind of pulls his gun on him, and it's a little back and forth. What the hell is this? And Dalton hints that he stopped by Richie's place and talked to his old lady, so there might be some trouble there. Dalton offers to buy Richie some lunch because he would need some information. And like Dan mentioned earlier, Marks is like, do I smell another shakedown? Walking out of the theater, it's just littered with empty glass crack containers. Dalton starts asking about blue jean cops. Marks is like, fuck, come on, man. A, I shouldn't have to tell you this, and B, I don't want to. You don't want well, to. Whatever you're... And, and C, didn't the other guy just explain it to you from the movie? <laughs> no, I don't, we're in? I don't think MJ did. I think he, he used the term and then moved on. All right. <laughs> so Marx explains so. <laughs> that a blue jean cop is a term for a dirty cop. The idea being... Hey, regular officers don't make shit. Every once in a while, you'll get one that'll come across a bust. Hey, there's $10,000 he can pocket. He decides, all right, I'm now dirty. And then that week, he's now wearing high-class jeans, not just, you know, off-the-rack lees. And high heels. Guys, we got another hot dog movie. Hey. Dalton's lunch for Marks is a uh, single hot dog with mustard. Could have at least bought him two. <laughs> or like a how, bag of chips yeah. or something. How long did the hot dog vendor sit with that hot dog waiting? Did you notice <laughs> like, that too? It was like two minutes. Man. Yeah, he like kind of <laughs> starts to hand it and then like waits as they keep talking. It felt real. Uh, Marks then pushes back on Dalton like, man, what do you... What are you pushing on this? Like, what is this case? You got a week to go and you're out. Finally, some back and forth. And Marks finally tells him, hey, dirty cops, they're bad at hiding cash. Start there. 
And Dalton asks, P.S., who is NC? Marx is like, man, you just don't get it, do you? Don't fuck with these people. I don't want to fuck them. I just want to dance, <laughs> Dalton says. He's got a lot of little lines like, like that throughout the movie. He's quippy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dalton shows up to O'Reilly's, no, O'Leary's house. He's the auto parts store. Yep. He needs his battery tested because it's still under warranty. And he's hoping it fails so he can get a new one. Mm -hmm. Been there. He is greeted by O'Leary's widow. She offers him some tea. He looks around the house, doesn't really find anything. We cut to a car full of undercover cops. These guys don't look dirty at all, huh? <laughs> I mean, one of them looks like Billy Ray Cyrus, so. <laughs> so these cops, they're all talking shit about the neighborhood that they're driving through. They ask where Richie is. One of them says, he'll meet us there. He's getting the warrants. In the backseat of this car is an informant that is freaking out because he's like, you guys could not look more like fucking cops. Oh, I, I thought he was worried that his Bill Cosby sweater wasn't going to work in this day and age. That's, hey, that's high fashion in 88, man. I got five minutes at the comedy club. I need to get to it. That's probably the hottest show in America. Even the crack dealers are stopping what they're doing for NBC Crosby Thursdays. time? Yeah. Did they have it? Was it still uh, must-see TV or whatever back then? I wouldn't be surprised if... If Cosby set the tone of must-see TV, man. I feel like that was like a 90s thing. Like, the, at least the phrase. Yeah. Because it, I mean, Cosby show went into the 90s, and then he had that weird CBS Cosby show, right? I, think, I don't know, I man. I think there's two. You know a lot more about Bill than we do. Don't put that on me. <laughs> You're just trying to deflect some of your OJ love. I, I don't love OJ. Oh, you just love the Constitution, you said. Yeah, every but American, American should. Like a cab driver, I know. Of. And um, he, you better clean it up because you might be on the show next week. That's right. I got him. So we cut back to O'Leary's house. Dalton is being nice and he's taking the trash out. And he wants to know where the fucking trash cans are. And the wife kind of lets him slip. Oh, they're in the garage, but it's locked. Don't worry about it. Just set the trash out here. Raccoons Would you will guys take care of it. let somebody take your trash out? I, I don't like taking my trash out. I guess if someone was over and was like, hey, I'm leaving. Let me grab your trash. No. Why? No. What do you got in your trash that you're trying to? That's your trash that you put in there and made you take it out yeah but I, that's just like someone if someone came in and was like do you want me to sweep the floor i'd be like fucking knock yourself out that, no, that would no. bother me if they said can i sweep your floor because i'm going to infer that they are telling me that the floor requires sweeping not me i know the floor is dirty yeah fucking pick that broom up dude It just seems odd to me. I guess she's a widowed lady, so. Crown, you mean to tell me you don't got a Roomba? We got like a little, yeah, like a shark thing or something. I fucking knew it. I got two. 
Jesus. Brewster's Millions, dude. He can't call me Brewster's Millions because those motherfuckers are not plugged in. I hate them. But, oh, so you just you have them and them you don't, and don't them? need them. I did not buy them. They were gifts. And they are annoying as fuck. I knew you came for money. <laughs> did we buy one of them? I don't know. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Here's a Roomba, Dan. <laughs> Money's no concern to us, huh? It's you can get a Roomba for like a hundred bucks, dude. How difficult is it to set the clock on a Roomba? <laughs> Why do you think they're not working? Now that is, is a device that I would understand if it had a calendar programmed into it, right? Yeah, that's it, true. it has a calendar and a clock. I mean, yeah. you set it to like come on at two o'clock every day. Is that what your shark is at? Well, we turned ours off because now you got to pick up so much shit in the living room. See, that's what I'm saying. Just like caught on a rattle. Yeah, it's caught on. It gets stuck on fucking everything, dude. You guys would get underneath the TV stand and just get fucking stuck there, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. You're you're fucking a worthless piece of technology. Do you have one we, of the the big rattle like lawnmower things? The thing that you push and it's got the little. Yeah. Is that like a is that like a required kid thing? Probably. Yeah. When I vacuum, he grabs it and he does that. Okay. And then the dog barks at the vacuum the whole time. So it's just a. Loud environment. One of mine will let you, you could just put the vacuum right up to his face. Doesn't care. The other one runs away and hides. And then we can't find him for five minutes afterwards. So I'd be turning on the vacuum. I think I probably have it better than barking. That was, she's weird. With the wife, she'll bark. With me, I can say stop, and she, she'll she go off. But then she'll be like, oh, the vacuum, and come back and bark at it. Hmm. So if you've, you've established alpha, but you cannot maintain alpha. <laughs> I just think she's an idiot. I don't know. You need to watch some Caesars. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, pizza, pizza, dude. Mm-hmm. Little Caesars? Yeah, hot and ready. Mm-hmm. It's a pizza place? Yeah, five bucks, I a, dude. I is it, it still a, $5? I thought it was a salad joint. It might still be $5, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do the Subway bullshit where in a few years they're no longer $5, they're $12. And you go and you in there with the mindset off. thinking that it's going to be $5 and you. I mean, that's still crazy though. If like in 2024, if it's $5 right now, that pizza has to be half cardboard at this point. To... I mean, a red Baron. It's like seven. Is, is four, bu- well, I mean, I buy them three for 10. So they're, I don't buy them unless they're on sale. I'm a Jax. I, I get the Jax. You're a Jax? It's the cheapest. That's how you can afford that fucking Roomba. Two. You gotta you gotta worry about what's going on in your in your body, man. 
That's why it's a red bear. Frozen pizza. <laughs> I get the dough at Publix. Just the dough? Wait, you like, make your own pizza? I get the, the dough, you get marinara, you get cheese. You, you get fucking shoppings. Brewster's that, Millions. You know what, hey, I, dude? I like It's a that. good fucking pizza. I like it. I like it. Hold, hold the fuck on. You you will make your own fucking pizza, but you won't grind your own coffee beans? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Coffee's an everyday thing, dude. I'm not eating pizza every day. And the dough is already made. You just got to unfold it. I don't I don't think it's a one for one argument sadly. I Cuz it probably takes what? 2 minutes to put some marinara, spread the cheese, put your toppings on there. Yeah, it's no time at all. And you probably have to cook it for less time than a frozen. Yeah. So I get it cuz I'm the guy who buys vegan pepperoni to put it on my red baron four cheese. So Okay. You got to put some money into your pizza, Dan. No, I don't. You're eating filler, dude. It's just sand. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. So Dalton clocks the garage. You put my pizza up against a slice of Jack's, dude. I bet you could tell a fucking difference. We cut to Wonderland. It's the happening new nightclub. It's run by NC or owned by NC. So our main thing here is we see this junkie chick who is fiending hardcore for another hit. You guys think we could get into Wonderland? I think we can because it's. I think it's oh, cash-based. Yeah. Hold up mm-hmm. that cash and we're in. Now, would I want to go? No. I'd is, go. Does crack like knock you out or does it like get you going? Is it know. an upper or a downer? Well, it's crack cocaine, so I think it gets you moving and grooving a little. I guess maybe I always thought it was kind of like a, a downer. Because I was like, these people are having a good-ass time. But yeah. I guess, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, think I'm it's sh- an upper. I'm sure there's a crash, right? Because meth's the same way. Meth will get you going, and you're, you're hopped up, and then you're just fucking out. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like all those white claws get me all hopped up. There ain't no hops in white claw, bro. Well, you mix mix it with your Mountain Dew. I just throw it in my homemade Orange Julius. Milk and Orange Juice. Milk and white claw. Isn't a white white claw like 3% alcohol? I mean... Yeah, so I can still drive. How many of those do you got to fucking rip through to get a... Buzz on, I mean. They're fivers, bro. All right, so like four or five. I think to Kron, yeah. anything you. below like a seven may as well be a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're drinking water, dude. This this junky lady, she is nagging this big bodyguard named Big Leroy that she's desperate. Big Leroy's like, you know the rules? There's no credit. She's like, come on. Come on, let me see NC. Uh, Big Leroy is dressed like a ninja. <laughs> it's comfortable, and what we come to find out is that it's practical. He's got kind of like a kimono and a headband he going does. on. Big Leroy got a lot of lot going on in that 
that uniform he's got That on. is true. So Big Leroy reluctantly lets her into CNC. And ultimately, he's like, hey, I think you've got something that uh, could earn you some credit. We cut outside. Our undercover cops have met up with Richie. He's got the warrants. We're about to siege. All right. Two teams of two. Sam Elliott picks up some grenades, heads to the back with his partner. His and grenades are like gold. Yeah, they're incendiary. He guys, is that what it is? I don't know. That was my guess. It seemed that, like a key item in a video game yeah. to me. Like they, yes, you're right. They have like a yellow hue to them, not mm-hmm. the standard army issue green. I wonder if that indicates that they're like cop grenades or something. I don't know. So he heads to the back. The siege is synced up. They both blow front door and the back door at the same time. Elliot runs in. He looks great with this little SMG with a laser sight that he's got. Turns out. Oh, so, sorry, Bones. Uh, whenever that guy, the mullet cop, opens his, his trunk, yeah. for whatever reason, I thought it was super funny when he was like, I got us all these watches. They're synchronized. <laughs> it just seemed like so nerdy. To... Oh, yeah, because they're in like a hard. It looks like something like yeah. MI6 would issue bond. <laughs> it's like a tactical nice case and they're both in there like their satellite clock linked or something yeah it is it's lame but in the whole spread of the movie it totally works yeah it, yeah it does definitely work but i for whatever reason i like busted out laughing when he was just like i synchronized all of our watches yeah it's and like I, Fucking loser. Even the time that he calls out is really interesting. He's like 11-11 or something. Mm-hmm. It's an odd amount of, like, for an yeah, exact you fu- minute. You fuckers are laughing now, but you weren't laughing for heat. This is where he got it from. Yeah, well, that's like, I mean, it's played a lot more serious, I guess, in that movie. <laughs> that's not a true fact. I didn't laugh whenever <laughs> Parker Lewis and his gang would sync up their watches who's that listener Cron and Dan just sync uh, their beer sip and it was really weird to watch in the zoom window with you guys mirrored because Dan used his left hand and Cron his right it was uh, that was a sight to see that was like a perfect mirror image yes it was it was like, oh, Bones started to talk. Get my sips in. They siege. They have arrested NC. They're booking him. Not, not so much. That's better. Crown went a little higher. He took a little bit more, but I think Dan well, took uh, a, drink little a little longer. <laughs> you might have had more volume. I think Dan had it. His lips were pursed longer. I'm pretty good at drinking beer. All right. Once they've got NC in custody, our mullet main bad cop tells Marks, you take him downtown. Me and the other guys will book all this stuff for evidence. Have we seen this guy before? Mullet cop? Yeah. Mullet we have. Mullet cop was interesting trying to identify his name because he's Rydell 
And okay, so he's not Officer Kelly. Cordell. That's who I thought he was. <laughs> Officer Kelly is, I think, the guy that's uncredited in the Warriors. The one that they killed off in the subway because he was annoying. Okay, yeah, and he's also in the thing as well. Yes. So his, you said is Rydell. Rydell is the name of the our our main dirty cop. I don't even because see. later at the drag race, that's what NC calls him, and I was like, okay, finally, I've got a name. So I watched this on the DVD that I purchased, classic square format. Finally realized I need to turn the fucking subtitles on. They're giant yellow, take up half the screen. I said, nope. Mm-hmm. And then when I did the uh, the plot breakdown for this, I just caved and bought it on Apple. <laughs> true format with proper subtitling. Were you like, wow, there's way more movie to look at? Yes. There's so much more crack on the ground. All right, Dalton sneaks back into O'Leary's garage. And what does he find? He finds a brand new fucking bright red Porsche. What's the Porsche? Sorry. Porsche. Come on, man. Kind of reminds you of some other movie we covered. With a bright red Porsche. Porsche. De Rossi. This it's a movie that was on featured in this movie. And actually our main suspect is the worst movie. You give the worst clues, man. I don't think we've watched that skiing movie, Dan. (laughs) The hidden. It's on the marquee. I know that that's a... Oh, did you guys clock all the marquee movies? I think there's Nightmare on Elm Street Later 3 this, on one of them. I think one of the Death Wishes Oh, wow. As yeah, well. I didn't see that one. Yeah. That's the Crackdown. Uh, yeah, Talk the about crack another down, great dude. crack movie. Sally Sleeps with Her Sisters. <laughs> all right. I haven't seen that one. All right. And yeah, The Hidden, which is also... Our main guy that he's trying to get out. He's in the hidden. Richard he's Brooks. Tr- he's trying to get out. Oh, Michael Jones? Yeah. Okay. He's a fucking solid actor, man. Mm-hmm. He, I recognized him. He took over for um, the Crow City of Angels. He oh, was the lieutenant. Oh, he took over Ernie Hudson's part? Yeah. I'm sorry, Hubson? <laughs> We're at NC's arraignment. The judge Is that orders. A hawk? No, it's a crow. He's the crow. Oh, Hubson Crow. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel. The George <laughs> orders the cash bond to be set at one million dollars, and I don't know how this fucking works. Don't ask me to explain it. What I do know is that our DA is like, uh. Excuse me, Your Honor. And he's like, what the fuck? You're going to complain about a $1 million cash bond? She's like, it ain't enough. Sure enough, fuck a briefcase full of a million dollars is presented and NC is allowed to go free. And fucking Marx is furious. 
I guess they guessed one one million dollars. <laughs> I mean, the judge does look disappointed after that. Big Leroy, well, he could have had multiple briefcases, and as we know, Big Leroy can hide stuff. So, yeah, he might have one of those well, contraband belts on. I, I wonder what he. I wonder what he hides in cruising. I don't know why the judge is bummed. He just got a million dollars, dude. Wait, the judge has to keep that? I think so. We gotta be judges, man. I gotta be a judge. You set the bond, you get to collect the cash. I'm about to invite a goddamn Bell's bondman on as a guest. Maybe we should do that as a segment for every rewind. Like the big question from that previous round of episodes. The category. Should be like, what is the thing we couldn't figure out? Okay. And let's get an expert in. Hey, dog here. Thanks for having me on, Dan. <laughs> Aloha, dirty dudes. Yeah. Dog, congratulations on your new marriage. Brought you guys some bathroom bear spray. Guess who's getting a cabinet seat in 2024? <laughs> I believe it. Mm-hmm. The rate this country's going. 2024, the year of the pushback. All right, next day, we're in the evidence room up at the station. Uh, is this Richie Aprio? Is that how you say his yes, name? Yes, it is. From, God, fucking. Uh, hey, don't worry, man. No, he's so, Tony Soprano's sister. I know she gets him, but talk, uh, just talk about, that's a top 10 hateable character, right? I looked at his uh, filmography, and I'm like, man, how is he not like in all kinds of shit? He's just living off shakedown money up until the Sopranos. Marks is spoiler alert. Sorry. (laughs) Marks is working his way up to the evidence room when uh, O'Leary's Jesus Christ. I wrote O'Reilly again. (laughs) O'Leary's widow calls Larry. That's the cop working the evidence locker. She's like, there was some, somebody broke into the fucking garage last night. I know it wasn't Coons because the garbage was left out on the stoop so they didn't have to go in the garage it was a human being and i think they saw the car and larry's like it'd be it'd be cool don't worry about it mark marks comes in and he's like hey i want to ask about the nc evidence did that stuff get booked and larry basically says uh yeah but you know it wasn't as much as we thought hint hint <laughs> cut to a bar marks is having a drink dalton comes in and uh, I think he tells the bartender, I'll have a double of whatever he's having. And the bartender's like, you want a quadruple boiler maker? Which I thought was you, a funny thing, too. Like, Are you guys excited for quadruple boiler makers at the in-person records? I was going to ask, Karan, did you look this the ingredients up? A boiler maker? A boiler maker is yeah. just a shot in a beer, dude. That's it? Yeah, that's all it is. You can toss it in if you want, like a you know, like a bomb. Well, a bull shot's a shot, so we can do... <laughs> a bull shot's a cocktail. A boiler maker is just one shot and one beer. I'm telling you right now, in my fucking world, a bull shot is a shot. It's not a goddamn drink. All right. Well, when you get a big glass of fucking bull shot, I'll let you fucking down it in one gulp. Yeah, I will down it into your face. You fucking choke on an ice cube. That's what I hope happens. 
I won't die to melt. Dalton tells Marks about the brand new Porsche that he found in O'Leary's garage. And Marks is bummed to find out that uh, Dalton just keeps pulling him further and further into this thing. But it's not really Dalton, right? Because Marks is involved in this siege. He's starting to see this blue jean cop action happen around him. They start to lament here. Dalton goes on about uh, wishing that he had pre- uh, pursued the tenor sax. But everybody around him was like, nah, wishful thinking, man. They just sort of pushed him into this. Yeah, you'll never get into Hendrix's band with a fucking saxophone. <laughs> and Marks decides to counter with quite possibly one of the craziest stories that we'll ever have on five-day rentals. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. All right. He goes on about, you know, you you missed your opportunity to play tenor saxophone. And me, I fucked up the opportunity with the woman of my dreams. And the woman that he loved and he never got to tell her. Dalton says, yeah. He goes, yeah. I met the love of my life. Only I killed her dog before I had a chance to tell her. Man, she is everything I ever wanted. We met at Shakespeare in the park. Told her I was a lawyer. That line seemed to work for you. Rain like hell that day. Had an umbrella. We went back to her apartment. She went to the bathroom. I sat on the couch. She had this great big damn dog. The dog had a ball. I threw it. The dog brought it back. I threw it again. Harder. I'll never forget the sound of that dog's paws on those newly waxed floors. How was I supposed to know she left the window open? Her dog fell 13 stories, landed on top of a parked car. I went over, leaned out the window, looked down, threw up, and left. Left. Without ever telling her she was the one. Did he throw up onto the dead dog? I hope. Did you look up dead dogs and hot dogs and this is the first one that came up? Nope. But I had already logged this movie on the hot dog letterbox list and then I got the dead dog story. Yeah, it's crazy this one has both. Incredible. (laughs) Dalton. Why would you throw up? I don't know. You see a fucking busted up dog? Yeah, I mean, that's a (laughs) fucked up thing. It just happened. Yeah. This lady's never going to fuck you now. You kill her dog and she has to clean up your fucking throw up? <laughs> well, the throw up's I, on top of I, the dog yeah, on top I think of a he car. Yeah, least threw up out the window. <laughs> Happy is the fleeting hope of youth, Dalton replies. Dalton says, I'm fucking taking the case. And Mark says, I'm fucking in. Guys, would have been would have been interesting if they rolled the credits right after that dog story. 
We should probably roll the credits now, but we're just going to take a pee break. All right, welcome back. When we left off, Mark's told us a story about killing the love of his life's dog. And Dalton had decided he is all in on this case. On the way home from the bar, Dalton is walking home through the park, and he's greeted by a dance number by some of the NYPD's finest. I mean, this has some West Side Story vibe to it. It's like six or seven cops hitting their nightsticks in unison in their palms. Hey, I tried to get you guys to do cop rock for the next box set. And, <laughs> and they, they quickly, they do like three or four spins around them, and then they fuck off. And then Dalton kind of locks eyes with Rydell, who's sitting in his car across the street, just watching that mullet just seething. <laughs> Marks goes and hassles, uh, I think this is Harold Perineau. Perineau? He's got a, a tough last name for me to pronounce. He plays Mer. He's the, the best incarnation of Mercutio, which I fucked that pronunciation up as well. From uh, Romeo plus Juliet. He was on Lost. He was in Oz. Who's he in Lost? Uh, he's the kid's dad. The the kid who can call the animals and shit. He's, he's the Will. one that... Will. What's his name? <laughs> is it Will? Will? Is he Michael? I think oh, Will's man. the kid. Yeah, way off. If man, Will's the kid, he's the kid's father. Okay, I know who you're talking yeah. about. But he's playing a young, um, I think he's a security guard for a parking lot. And Mark's just fucking hassles the shit. I mean, th- smashes him into a car, pulls a gun on him. Like, I will blow your fucking head off and nobody will care. All right? I want to know where that fucking greaser dude in the Cosby sweater is. Yeah, doesn't he tell him, like, they're just going to mark it up as, like, did society a favor? Yeah. Like, nobody cares about you. I, I will leave if you give me this info. And sure enough, he gives it up. Says that he's at Ira's. It's this fucking place up above the new Amsterdam Theater. And we're going to find out what type of place this is in just a moment. But beforehand, we sure, uh, we sure see Stevie. This is the name of the informant. He heads up into Iris and it's a fucking like smut theater and then upstairs there's like a little like hostel fuck hotel basically there are too many people in there there's a lot because Stevie comes in and he is on fucking cloud nine and he meets with the guy at the front desk and he's like I want the fucking honeymoon suite and they the guy makes a call hey change the sheets in the honeymoon suite Stevie's here and Stevie as starts soon as, as soon as they said change the sheets, I'd be like, All right, I'm going, I'm out. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they change at the sheets. At least they're at a changing hotel. the sheets. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get, uh, if Dan is saying they should have changed the sheets as soon as the last person left, that's a solid yeah. point because you don't, because the sheets ain't going to stop seepage. The mattress yeah. is still going to get. Maybe there's like a discount honeymoon suite <laughs> kind of deal, though, you know? <laughs> Like, you don't got to spray the Febreze. You don't got to change the sheets. 
So Stevie walks through the club and he and he sees this lady with some large breasts and he's like, "You want some of this?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, you want some of this and I want some of this." And he holds up some fucking handcuffs. And he walks off and she follows him. Now Marks calls and wakes up Dalton and says, "Hey, if you want in, 30 minutes, meet me at Iris place above New Amsterdam." They show the up and they leaving town, amigo. They show up and they meet outside. But somebody hey, else. Mio. Hey, Mio. Hurts like hell, don't it? Big Leroy also shows up. And he hassles the dude at the front desk. And he gives up Stevie's location. And Big Leroy, this is fucking cool, finds like a power panel outside of Stevie's little fuck room, pulls the power cable out of the wall kicks open the door to where Stevie is. Now, they trick you here. Because Stevie didn't handcuff this lady. She handcuffed him. He's laying face down on this mattress. And she's like whipping his little booty. And Big Leroy comes in and he fucking pushes that power cable up against that metal frame. Stevie gets fucking toasted. And this ain't a bones piece of toast, baby, because he's burned all the way through. Don't they kill a guy like that in Demon Knight? Doesn't that guy get like electrocuted in a bed? No. He has it connected to his nipples, Thomas Hayden Church. Does a chick get beheaded while she's riding him? Is that Demon Knight? No, they get caught by the sheriff. Is that a Jason? They both get killed, though. Eventually, yes. Thomas Hayden Church sells him out. And then he gets killed by all the demons. Mm. Did we just have another movie with Thomas Hayden Church? I think it was your last pick, Cron. You know who I heard survived demons? Who? Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he apparently lived demons too. I heard that when I was editing. It's fucking mm-hmm. wild. That's crazy, man. It's true, dude. Not a single person died. Shit's impressive. He saved the whole gym, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever he, it was. He even turned the demons back into pure beings. The good, good people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Marks and Dalton, they show up. They actually see the power flash outside. They're like, what the hell? They bust up, starting to go up the stairs. But Big Leroy, he's leaving. He hears them. He hides. They pass Big Leroy. On the stairs, they find Stevie's burnt corpse. Marks looks out the window. Sure enough, Big Leroy has left. Marks pulls his gun, yells at Big Leroy to freeze, just as a bunch of patrol cops show up. We think we've got Big Leroy, cor- uh, Big Leroy cornered. No. This dude's got fucking wrist shooters. Takes out two of the cops, opens up his sweet kimono, and he's got... It's like- it's like little knives, right? That come out yeah. of his wrists. Yeah. Yeah. He opens up his robe and then he's got like, I don't even call it, like machine guns on little control arms, like the teeth that Data has in the Goonies. <laughs> right? That little like erector set looking. You know what I'm talking about? Like those extendable arms. So these guns pop out. Comes out. Yeah. And Big Leroy just starts shooting the shit out of the place. Marks is a badass. 
climbs out on this power pole, this light pole on the outside of the building, starts to climb down that. This thing breaks kind of halfway. It falls into the street. Marks rides it. It stops on a bus, just keeps him from, like, basically smashing into the ground. Big Leroy hops in one of the cop cars and takes off. This part gets so crazy. I I wouldn't have been surprised if the turtles showed up to fucking deal with <laughs> Big Leroy. They they could have helped. They could have helped. I yeah, mean, they're they there did. in the city. They could have hopped in their sweet van, mm-hmm. and shot some pizza. I miss that toy. I'll find it. I'm sure somebody's got it, and it's three hundred fifty yeah. fucking dollars. Yeah, pay three hundred dollars on eBay for it. Maybe two. Well, maybe if it's out of the packaging. So when Marks lands on the ground, there was a a gang of bikers that got caught up in the mix. Now Marks hijacks a tricycle from one of these bikers, and Dalton hops on the back, and they fucking take off, and they give chase against Big Leroy. And they're going through the city streets. And then they come up on this old section of freeway, it looks like. That's now a homeless encampment. And Big Leroy's just driving through all these fucking tents. And I don't know if he knows that the freeway ends or not. Marks does, because he tells Dalton to jump off the bike. The car goes flying off the edge of the freeway. Crashes. Big Leroy survives. Dalton jumps off the bike just... Just before the edge, the bike goes flying off. Bones, on your on your watch on Apple, did you notice the obvious stunt doubles for... It's incredible. They are incredible <laughs> looking because you're not going to get that Sam Elliott stash and that hair to look right. No, no matter they, how... They are doing the classic stuntman dodge, you mm-hmm. know, where you don't, you don't really want people... Back of the head. It's incredible. The stuntman playing Sam Elliott, I mean, because he's a big dude, right? I mean, he's tall. Yeah. He's just like a big guy. And Weller is also tall. Yeah. Which, so I feel, yeah. I feel like they found the biggest stuntman they could probably track down. And then they just had to add so much hair onto him. He looks like he's like wolfing out, like he's (laughs) mid transformation. And you know that that fake mustache has to tickle oh like if you're not used to it you know you had to do some test rides just to like not be blinking the whole time i'm sure there's one where like the yeah like he's got hair fucking all over his face and shit while he's trying to maneuver that bike around yeah do you think there was like a helmet and then they just sort of glued some hair down on it (laughs) i don't know it would give you the volume necessary so, Mark stick, uh, ditches the bike. Bike goes flying off. He grabs some chain link, and he's hanging on the edge of this fucking thing. Now, the cop car's tipped over. Big Leroy gets out. He's about to shoot Marks, but Mark shoots the trike, which causes a gas leak, and then he shoots again. Boom. Gone. Fun. Fucking fun. Some good action. Mm-hmm. Later. We're in the cop locker room. Marks is cleaning his, I think a Desert Eagle, maybe, 45 Magnum. Yeah, I think it's a 45, because doesn't he call him Dirty Harry or something? Yeah. But it's not a classic revolver 
Dirty Harry. It's a, you know, it's a pistol clip. Yeah, it's got whatever. a clip. Yeah. And uh, Rydell comes in, and they have a, a little back and forth. And this is just, you know, their way of basically saying, all right, I guess, uh, I guess we're at odds here, huh? Dalton is getting the third degree about why he's defending a cop killer from Gale. He's just trying to work on the case, and she's nagging him about, like, hey, did you call about our apartment and all this shit? He's like, I'm sorry, I forgot. And, man, she fucking unloads. Like, this dude's a piece of shit. He's a drug dealer. Why are you doing this? And, you know, Dalton basically says, I'm not denying that he's a drug dealer. I, you know, I just don't think he should go to jail for doing something that he didn't do or did do in self-defense. And then not to mention that this is basically opening up a substantially bigger case and issue. Did Siri just pop up? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I saw the circle and I was like, fuck, maybe I can stop it. Sorry. Yeah, he's an Apple, everybody. Sorry. Sorry. It's the only thing we use. In court. Because it works. Dalton is addressing the jury. He says, look, my client is not a good guy, but he did not commit first degree murder. And afterwards, Susan is giving Dalton shit about the case. And now we're finally going to get into this whole Susan relationship. All right. And that's some back and forth. She's like, you know, kind of into his moves and what he's going to counter with. And he's worried that this shit is like personal for her. And he basically is like, you left me. All right. What happened? And she goes on like, you became cynical. You became nasty. And he says, why didn't you tell me? She said, I did, but in my own way. He's like, ah, fuck that. He's like, your, your move, creep. <laughs> you didn't give me any fucking Oreos. Are we? Would it killed you to give me a fucking Oreo? Who are you going with here? Are you going with the fiance or her? Her. Hey, uh. I mean. No, I'll, work, say, I'll save it. Never mind. Work both for as long as you can, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And in this. You can, do, you can do Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one house and. I don't know. I don't the office. I don't like that travel. Easy. I think I'd rather do like Monday through Thursday and then the weekend. Yeah. It's New York City though. I mean, that's just yeah. a just a fucking subway ride over, dude. Yeah. Cuz I get the nah, sense You got You got to half the weekends. Half the weekend? Yeah, you got to do half with one and half with the okay, other. Okay. So uh, so Sunday, Sunday through Wednesday with one. Now, okay, because Gail seems to be probably wanting to do a lot on the weekends, right? Not as mm -hmm. much during the week. Susan's probably wired from the case, needs to decompress every night. Weekends, she's relaxing and recharging. So whichever one is recharging on the weekends, that's the one I want to be with because I don't want to be out doing all the antiquing and brunching and shit. So I think I'm with Susan... <laughs> on the weekends, and Gale during the week. Because Gale probably is like trophy-esque wife, you know, wants to get to sleep early so she can get up and get to the gym. 
before everybody else because she's got a tripod she's got to set up and she wants to get to Starbucks kind of in that 9.30 to 11 window, kind of post-morning rush. Got to show what, you know, she's going to be wearing for the day. Yeah, yeah. You guys remember when I said I got a, a VHS and when I put it in, it was on tits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, the, it's the lawyer chick from this movie. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. She's in... Uh, brain dead as well right isn't she Pat, yes. or, uh, mm-hmm. Pullman's wife or fiance whatever mm-hmm. hell yeah dude what movie is this Kron? Uh you can or go can look you if you I mean I might I don't know it might come up we'll see alright alright in this exchange Susan's like you're like I know this girl dude I, <laughs> I miss you and Dalton's like oh yeah oh I've seen this chick <laughs> What are we going to do now? We cut later. We're at some street races. NC shows up with his entourage and he tells uh, a group of. This isn't. uh, This is a little racially charged here. There is a team of white drivers in a car called the Cracker. And then a team of black drivers in a car titled Harlem Shake. And NC says, I got $10,000 that says the Harlem Shuffle is going to kick. The Cracker's ass. Rydell and one of his lackeys show up, and they want to chat with NC, but NC's like, man, let me fucking watch the race at least. And Rydell's like, well, oh. and, and Bones has been glossing over it, but uh, the name of those cars is some of the least offensive racist stuff in this movie. Yes, there's certainly some, some harsh uh, language. There's a line in... There's a line when they have that guy in the Cosby sweater in the back of the car. Yes. There's There's a sentence. There is a sentence where I don't think you could say a single word of it today. (laughs) Yes. And uh, and you learn what to not talk about. And you just Mm -hmm. gloss right over it. You just gotta live and let die. That almost has that Mariah Carey melody to it, the way you did it. That's what I thought he was going for, yeah. Dumb. Yeah, well, Paul did it first, so. That's the melody, though, right? It's more of a... It's kind of like the breakdown, isn't it? So live and let die. What does it matter to you? When you got a job to do, you got to do it well. Big Wings fan over here. You got to give it all you ever had, but on the run. If you guys, uh, if you're Muse fans, check out the song Supremacy. Pretty sure that was possibly written as a, a, a possible Bond song. It's pretty kick-ass. And then, of course, there's the Radiohead Spectre 
which is the best Bond song. That was never a Bond song. Mm-hmm. And I also really enjoy Alice Cooper's Man with the Golden Gun. Sorry. It's better than the actual one in the movie. School's out for Bond. <laughs> Is it like that? Mm-hmm. Those are the exact lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> cool, dude. And then when they rejected it, he was like, fuck it. I just changed a few words. Mm-hmm. and That's cool. I'm going to put panties in my next vinyl. All right, we get to see the drag race. Is he like a hardcore Christian now? I mean, he's still like a... He's a believer. Showman, but You still get the decapitation when you see him at, in concert. Well, that's fine. Multifaceted guy. I've seen him. He He's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Does he say, like, God bless at the end or anything? No. He says, monster dog bless. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. We could need to do a meet and greet. With the monster dog? <laughs> we pay for the meet and greet. I go in. Bones records. Live stream on the Instagram. And we and I monster dog a five it. minute impromptu monster dog interview, just straight on. Don't even have him sign. What fl- actually? I what buy flavor monster were dog. all the chips and sandwiches? <laughs> I think like when you seen this, the how biggest bad question. did you want to have a drink? It's been almost three years, and nobody's been able to answer that. I mean, like ham and cheese, right? I guess it's it was France. So, escargot. So, croissant at home. Shellfish and cheese. We get to see the drag race, which ultimately ends, well, it barely begins, and the cracker explodes. Finally, Rydell and NC can have their little chat. And this chat is basically, Rydell's like, hey, dude, you got to take out marks. And she's like, what are you going to do for me? He says, all that evidence that I seized from you, shit's going to disappear. Pretty simple. And then, uh, and she's like, but there's still somebody else I need taken care of. And right. I was like, don't worry about that. The Michael Jones problem will also solve itself. It turns out Dalton and Susan were getting it on during this fucking drag race. What a bummer. He's willing to break the law. He's willing to break Mm -hmm. the marriage. They're not married yet. (laughs) Well, that's true. I mean, he's getting into trouble before it even starts. Yeah, he's self sabotaging a little bit. He's still got to open, open. He's still carrying a torch for her, you know. The movie's set up that Gail's maybe not the best person or certainly not the best partner for him. It's the movies people cheat. Dalton says he needs to leave, and Susan gives him an ultimatum, right? This is it. If you come back again, you're back. I'm not splitting. I'm jealous. So what? Next day in court, Dalton is questioning one of the cops that had first arrived on the scene after the park shooting. Main takeaway from this is 
that if a cop is on a bust, he's undercover, he should have somebody there as backup. And O'Leary did not. Susan is loving these moves, and after the uh, court session, if you will, she decides to give Dalton the key. But fucking Gail shows up with her father. It's real awkward now. What's this guy? Well, he like he kisses the one chick, and she leaves, and then like um, immediately the other one turns the corner. Oh yeah, it's like a microsecond. He almost yeah. got busted. But and then. It's not like Dalton and Susan aren't hiding their affection in the court either. Like every day after court ends, they fucking mack right there. Yeah, I don't, right outside. That, that seems inappropriate. It seems like a conflict of yeah. It seem, yeah, it seems like this justice case should not be going on. Cut to later that night. Marks is doing some fishing out on the boardwalk to clear his mind. Do you think it's illegal for the two attorneys to beg? <laughs> Yes, probably. There is probably a rule that you can't have a relationship. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out in the next rewind when we have a a lawyer on. District attorney. Bondsman, (laughs) district attorney. Yeah, we got to get a. Well, yeah, I want a district attorney. I don't want to. Fucking waste the time of a poor public defender. They have at the time. They're working so many cases. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Five Day Rentals, Mr. Harvey Dent. That'd be fucking awesome. Be a five hour episode. Because he couldn't answer any question without flipping a coin. I'd have to cut out all that dead audio. Wait, are we getting dinner or are we getting Two-Face? <laughs> you never know. Depends on Fuck. the coin flip. Marks is doing some fishing off the boardwalk. When he decides to call it a night, he gets jumped by these two goons with knives. Marks easily takes one of the guys out, gets him cuffed to this handrail, but has to take off after the other. Now, it's funny that he goes back, like, the guy that, who he has cuffed, he, like, throws him over, so he's just going to dangle until <laughs> other police good, show up. It's good a smart move, move. yeah. I mean, it's smart. It's just, it seems like it would fucking suck if you're the guy on the rail. You shouldn't have tried to stab a motherfucker. That's true. He takes off after this guy. The goon runs through this amusement park, and Marks is pretty quick behind him. I mean, we go through like a twirly cup type of ride. We go across some go-karts. And then finally, this fight ends up on a roller coaster. And everybody else is scared. They don't load on the fucking car. But as soon as these two jump on it, the car takes off. Now, this thing is going up. The fucking incline. And they're wrestling. They're fighting over this fucking knife. And the goon actually kind of throws Marks over the back of the thing. But when he lands on the back of the cart, he actually grabs the wires on like the control panel, rips that shit off. So the goon thinks he's good, but he ain't got no brakes now, man. He goes down this fucking ride, and it's fucking wild. This thing is cruising through, and then it comes up to like the highest jump, and the cart just goes off the fucking rails. Ends up in the parking lot, smashing on... Does it smash on a car or like a little booth thing? Yeah, I think it's like a concession stand or something. 
And this dude is done. There's a cop that shows up and he's like, somebody get the shovel. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down. That's fucking funny, dude. Yeah. And it, it's kind of cool to then just see Marks just walk away. Like, I fuck yeah. filing a report on this thing. <laughs> Rooftop breakfast for Dalton and Susan. Dalton admits that he didn't have a chance to tell his fiance that he was leaving. It was awkward. Her fucking dad showed up. She had Oreos. It's a tease. Susan goes on about like, hey, I'm jealous. All right. And she tells him that I don't think you should leave what you're fucking great at to go work at Wall Street. And he's like, I'm fucking done with this. All right. The scumbags, the jerk offs, the sex creeps, the freaks and the killers. Don't. There's a there's a part in here when she gets mad. He says, is this some kind of female territorial doo-wop? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Well, I, and like you were saying earlier, like his little quips and things that he gets in, like his vernacular mm-hmm. is almost like, I don't know if jivey is appropriate, but like the way he says like doo-wop and baby and hey, like, yeah. what do you want out of me, baby? All right. Yeah. Like, he, he can punctuate things. Uh, There's a really fun. I think it's the same part where he says something like, uh, I wrote it down. I'm out of here, babe, because it's kicking the life out of me. See? See? Yeah. <laughs> it was in like a, like a 1920s gangster. Ganks? Yeah. I'm tired of your fucking doo-wop, see? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, he has quips, but like none of them make any sense at all. <laughs> it seems like a guy that would have played tenor sax, but not a guy that's into <laughs> Hendrix. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm guessing later that day in court, Susan is questioning a car dealer, the one that claims to have sold the Porsche to o- uh, O'Leary. Not much comes from this. And what Dalton decides to do is, as his last witness, he's calling MJ to the stand. And MJ testifies to the events of that night and pretty much exact to how we as the audience saw them. Marks is at a bar and he's meeting with some random cop. And I believe this is Officer Kelly. And this cop tells Marks that he was the one that logged the evidence from the night of the O'Leary shooting. And he says, we logged a boombox. And it was in the record position. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. And Marx is like, dude, why are you telling me this? And this cop says, hey, one of the cops that died in that Times Square fucking chase with Big Leroy was my fucking brother. And Mark says, if this goes out, man, a lot of cops are going down. And I hope you're ready for this. The guy's like, yeah. So he calls Dalton. The message is passed to Dalton in court. And while Susan is actually cross-examining MJ, Dalton's like, I got to go. I got to call a personal recess. I got to bail. In the hallway on the way out, Gail stops Dalton. and She tells him that she's pregnant. And he's like kind of cool with it. But, man, he's really got to go. Not proven in a court of law, yeah, baby. Yeah, this isn't a great time. 
Dalton shows up to the precinct with a warrant, and he wants into that evidence locker. But that fucking douchebag Larry got a call, a little warning, as Dalton was coming up. And he goes over and breaks the key off in the lock of that specific locker and then gives some bullshit that, like, hey, maintenance leaves at 5. You have to come back tomorrow. He doesn't even hide it that well because he's just like, oh, I literally just broke the key in there. (laughs) Why? He's a blue jean cop, man. He just barely has to lie, you know? Mm -hmm. But Dalton didn't wait till the next day. Man, he shows up that night with a fucking set of bolt cutters and he scales that building and breaks in. Seems like kind of an easy thing. Like maybe more criminals could have considered this. But he gets busted as soon as he breaks the lock on that thing. He does manage to grab a hold of the boombox, though. And cut to Rydell and Larry. They have Dalton cuffed to a chair. And Dalton is uh, not much sport for Rydell's Russian roulette. And after a few clicks, he's like, all right, all right, I'm here for the tape. I'm here for the tape. They play the tape. Sure enough, we hear the shooting. We hear O'Leary use some slurs, pull out his gun and fire, and we hear MJ firing back. Rydell says that he's going to go downstairs and pull the fire alarm, and he orders one of his goons to shoot Dalton in the chaos, but not before he starts burning the tape. This guy is, like, super bummed out that he has to shoot him, too. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean, me? And he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, I don't have a clean gun. He's like, there's 250,000 police specials, man. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it, these guys are, they can walk on water as far as they're concerned. Mark shows up right as Rydell pulls the fire alarm. He busts in. He shoots Larry and that other duty, uh, dirty cop before they manage to kill Dalton. But Dalton can't stay. He's got to get to court. Dalton gets in a cab from a uh, driven by a newly Americanized uh, citizen. The guy's like, "Hey, I recognize you from the TV, right? You were like working that case." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but he didn't do it. Like, it, cop was dirty. And then the cab asks, "Like, why are there fucking a dozen police cars chasing you?" And he's like, "Because if I keep, or if I get this information out, a lot of dirty cops are gonna go down." And this cab driver's like, hey, man, I passed my fucking test. I know the Constitution, and you got a right to be in fucking court. And this is an excuse to drive fucking fast. And he just takes off. Now, this I don't understand. There's some sort of construction in front of the courthouse. Yeah, there is not make any sense. Like a wrecking ball crane out in front of the courthouse. And the cab driver drives the cab like the windshield goes into the hook. Should be dead of this crane, and the crane operator lifts the car up, and it goes over the barricade that was created by a few other police cars. Cars dropped. Dalton gets out. He's held by gunpoint. By a bunch you think of you'd men. be dead? That fucking ball like hit right where the driver was. Yeah, but it's a hook. If it gets over on the passenger side or something. I think I, it, I think it would go right through. I think it depends on the speed and and how high that thing is. Anyway, it it's it's just fucking bonkers. Like 
Yeah. It's totally unnecessary. It feels like maybe there was a scene or something cut that like established all this a little better. Yeah. Or maybe there was going to be something larger, like a larger construction setup. Or maybe that thing was just there randomly, like they couldn't get rid of it. So they were like, well, fuck it. Well, let's do something with it. Oh, let's use the crane. Yeah, why not? It's here. We paid money for the fucking crane. We're going to use it. So Dalton gets out of the car. He's held up by a bunch of cops that are pretty fucking trigger happy. But the judge is also there. And she tells them to all stand down. And then you get this weird sequence where... Like one of the bailiffs pulls her gun out and like puts it up to one of the cops' heads. Did she quote Dirty Harry here? Like fucking make, make my day, make my day white boy or something. I believe that this cop that actually gets a few lines here is uh Fincher's boy. The guy that um Brad Pitt? No. Nah. <laughs> You know him if you saw him. He was the guy in uh, Mine Hunters. I think he's. Oh, a, I think he's in Iron Claw. Cop? Oh, uh, Holt. Yeah, I think his first name's Holt. Damn, that's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I didn't recognize. Yeah, that. he's. I think he's. Yeah, much younger. All right, so Dalton is meeting with the judge and Susan in her chambers, and she's like, "Listen, it doesn't matter what's on this." I can't allow this shit. It's not admissible. Dalton is fucking bummed. Judge is like, listen, we're going to go out there. Susan's going to finish her cross-examination of your client. And then you're going to give your closing arguments. And then I'm handing it over to the jury. We get Dalton quoting the Bible to the jury. And he reinforces, O'Leary was not on duty. He was dirty. He pulled first. MJ used his right for self-defense. Do you think, uh, like, like, you know, 30 years later, uh, the guy who made this movie went back and recut it. So MJ shot first. (laughs) And And then like all the fans were like, Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. This DVD that I have is actually really, uh, valuable now. Mm hmm. Yeah, the original cut. Mm-hmm. How much was Shakedown when you bought it? Two two ninety nine. Was that the two ninety nine one? No, I think it was. I think it was a three ninety nine one. Well. These six are all three ninety nine, so it was either Hollow Man two or Shakedown. I want to say Hollow Man two is the two ninety nine. Gotta be. <laughs> Doesn't matter because I bought three and got one free ultimately. So Shakedown and Hollow Man two were bonuses for this beautiful stack. Want me to tease one of them? Sure. Yeah. What What else you got in there? Give us a little tip. Which one? Show me all the spines. No, you'd be able to see that. One kind of look like sexy beast. That's the most you're going to get of that one. 
Is that Tekken the movie? <laughs> that would be a bounce pick. Cron, close your eyes. No, turn your head. Turn around. Turn around real quick. Why do I have to turn? Why can Dan look and not me? Because it's a dance-specific thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just turn his camera off. You don't have that power? I think I could boot him. We're so close to the end, it doesn't matter. It would have been a surprise for you, Kron. That's why I was trying to look. I know, but don't ruin it. All right. It's time for the jury to deliberate. I think that's the way. Deliberate, jury deliberate. Yeah, when they go in 12 angry minute. Mm-hmm. Up. Oh, there's like a little deliberate. White, there's like a little ass. old white white juror that gets a whole bunch of screen time in this movie. The old guy? Yeah, he looks like the Six Flags guy or something. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, what do you know? Fucking not guilty. Jury comes not back. Not guilty. Y'all gots to feel me. Does the right thing. Not guilty. But you know what? Dalton's got to go. Hey, I'll see you in jail. He says to uh, MJ and then takes off because outside, Marks is waiting with O'Leary's red Porsche. And Marks tells him, hey, Rydell, NC, they're at the fucking airport. They're taking off and we're taking off after him. And boy, do they. Marks and Dalton. They show up at the airport just as NC and Rydell's private jet is speeding up for takeoff. The Porsche gives chase. And as the plane starts to lift off, guys, start your fucking clock. Because I watched this scene a dozen times and I timed it from the frame that the front landing gear leaves the ground. It will take me longer to explain what happens. Then the movie presents it to us. Okay. Then the then the four minutes that the movie takes to get through it. All right. No, I I have it timed. I know how long it took. But start your clock for see how long I can get through this. The front landing gear starts to take off. Dalton pulls the Porsche underneath the plane. Marks is able to jump and grab onto the front landing gear. The plane takes off. Inside, NC and Rydell, they have a toast. So long, sucker. From the landing gear, this thing is almost at full fucking altitude above Manhattan. Marks shoots up into the hydraulics of the landing gear. All of a sudden, the pilot's inside. Fuck, we've lost hydraulics. I can't lift the landing gear. Cut back out to Marks. He shoots his forty-five Magnum into the portside engine. Now, mind you, we see a shot of this private plane go by the twin towers yep they nearly 9 11 really uncomfortable <laughs> the entire thing the pilots decide oh we need to turn around they start to turn around we see the statue of liberty marks throws one of those extra hand grenades from the beginning of the movie into the landing gear compartment the pilots finally call a mayday they're coming back in to land the plane descends I'm, I don't know if this is the Hudson or not, but there are only a few feet above the, the water. Uh, I think I think it's called the Hudson. Hudson, yeah. Thank you. And Marks goes into the drink. The plane lands. 
NC uh, comforts Rydell about their failed trip, and the fucking plane explodes. It took a minute. Okay. It is exactly one minute and seven seconds, the <laughs> sequence in this movie. It's incredible. It's fucking wild. It's an Instagram short. But the worst CGI I've seen in a long no, fucking time. It's incredible looking. That, it's like fucking Doctor Strangelove when he's that, on that. It, it's awesome. I can't wait to just repost uh, clips of this that other people have already posted. I, I'm not doing it justice. It is 14 individual scenes cut so fast. I mean, it would take the plane a minute just to get to that height. And right? there's still more. We know from Sully that it would actually take a few minutes to turn back <laughs> around and get to the actual airfield. Anyway, the plane fucking blows up. Dalton pulls up to the fucking water. He gets out and he says something about like, I love you, brother, but you are not of this fucking world or something. Goes out, greets Marks at the in the water they're so close it seems like they're gonna kiss like they're why like why does he go in the fucking water like he's coming out of the water but you don't know you how, don't have to get all wet bro you don't know how beat up he is if you guys were there i'd be like yeah come on i got towels well they stand there no you don't and help me <laughs> come into the water a little bit bones you, drag cron you don't have any towels. I can see. They're in my trunk. And they're watching as the emergency units are putting out the fire. We cut to Dalton at a family dinner with Gail and her folks. And kind of quietly at the table, Gail says, uh, uh, I wasn't ever pregnant. What the hell? But what she actually says is the rabbit didn't die, mm-hmm. which I had to look up. This is like an old wives way of something with pregnancy. Of of saying you faked a pregnancy? <laughs> Not that you faked a pregnancy, but that you you weren't pregnant. It's something like if you say the rabbit died, that indicates that you that the test is positive. I I just looked it up enough to conf- cuz I get, I got the sense of what she was saying, but I wanted I was like this seems like something Dan or Cron are going to ask about, so I want to be prepared. But she admits to him I was never pregnant. I just didn't want to lose you. Then to the table, Gail announces that she lost the baby and she doesn't really want to talk about it, but she's grateful now because she won't have to buy that bigger dress. And Dalton's like, nah, I'm done. And he stands up and he's like, uh, I know this is really bad timing. And we cut to Dalton walking into the police station about to take on another case and dudes, that was Shakedown from 1988. I kind of wish they didn't cut his last little bit there. Like, it would have been... I feel like you could have had a, a fun scene where he's like, I'm out of this fucking fucked up relationship. Peace. Yeah, but we already know that, and you can't have that scene take longer than the plane sequence <laughs> that just happened before it. Dude, he slams in the tape of Jimmy on his boombox. Oh, that would have been great. And just walks out, just 
I mean, at one point he is in a Jimi Hendrix sleeping like shirt, like a, a woman when he sneaks back into his fiance's. Oh, is he Donald Duck in it? In a Jimmy shirt? Yeah, I think so. And I was like, they're really trying with this Jimmy stuff. Dan. What did I leave out? Gentlemen, upon further research for Shakedown 1988, I think it's the most movies we've covered, the most year, 1988 there. Directed by James Glickenhoff. Released May 6, 1988, with a budget of an estimated $6 million and brought in a box office of over $10 million. Not bad. At the cinema that week, you could see Salsa. My best friend is a vampire. Well, you got to look down at your uh, concessions and you got to think of chips and a. And Dead Heat. What? That Dead Heat right there? That Dead Heat. This poster from our good friend Brantley Palmer. Brantley Palmer, director director of everything to entertain you now available on vinegar syndrome go order it right now available on blu-ray and you can get the slip cover or just a regular edition want to get that commentary vinegar syndrome that's right we said vinegar syndrome dan do me a favor and, and link that vinegar syndrome link in the in oh, this I episode. definitely will we love you brantley congratulations brantley uh, as we talked about, it was released as Blue Jean Cop, and everywhere except for the United States, they changed it. Uh, this is the second movie in the exact same year where Sam Elliott plays a character who is teamed with a sidekick named Dalton. Yep. Do we know that movie? You know it, Cron? Of course. Yeah, it's Roadhouse. Good job, Kron. I fucking know movies, dude. <laughs> and I, that's about it. I like I said Bones did a good job of covering pretty much all the uh, the info here on this one. Thanks, man. Not to it all. Well, let's keep let's keep this thing going, man. Let's uh, be like the plane sequence here, and let's move on to rate my letterbox so we can chat openly. Rate my box. Dan, you locked me in at a three. Cron, 3.5. I'll knock this out right now. Dan, 2.5. Cron, 3.0. Dan, 3.0. Cron, I got you at a 3.0. Cron, why don't you kick Uh, it off? Don't worry, guys. I'll go first. Shakedown. I mean, this thing does feel like a movie that you would catch at two in the morning on TV. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's got a lot going on with it. Probably too many plot threads to really work cohesively. I mean, it it does feel like uh, one guy had a courtroom drama script and the other guy had an action flick and they bumped into each other and all their pages got mixed up. Uh, but I did not have any, like, uh, not even a remote aspect of a bad time watching this movie. It's fun as hell. It books 
they do get to the hour and a half mark and they're like, we've overstayed our welcome. Let's wrap this thing up. And they wrap it up with a fucking GTA mission that is on screen for a minute and seven seconds. Um, It's goofy. I mean, I do like Sam Elliott and uh, uh, Peter Weller together. Like, neither one of those guys are real, you know, top tier draws of the day, but their chemistry works together. They kind of seem like they're having fun back and forth. Uh, you do get some cool shots of like grimy ass New York, the way it used to be. Uh, there's nothing to hate here. I had a really fun time watching this 3.5. Nice. Gentlemen, shakedown 1988. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a fun time. I I kind of wish we got a little more of Weller and Elliot together. Just a little bit more just to kind of seem like they were like having some uh, having fun. The action is great, I think. Uh I agree with Karan. Yeah, the they got one half action, one half courtroom drama and they just went from there. But yeah, I mean, this is a good time. This, like I said earlier, it seems like a movie that you'd catch on HBO every weekend. They would just play this one at fucking 11 p.m. It really reminds me of like The Hidden and just stuff like that. New York, grimy. And I love that shit, man. So I didn't have a bad time with this. Uh, I'm sitting at a 3.0. I, I had a good time. I think it's pretty good. This is a a melting pot of ideas and it's a lot that could have easily been lost. And I think that the movie does a really good job of knowing what to keep in and what to cut. I feel like the movie is self-aware. It's it's aware of what the audience is going to expect. So while it is a courtroom drama mixed with this action blast, it knows that you as the audience can fill in the gaps. So let's just show you the prime stuff. And what it does let breathe is the character stuff, which is, is kind of nice. I do think, uh, to your point, Dan, you maybe could have trimmed some of the Susan stuff. So Weller could have been with Marks more. I get that. And it sort of, it seems to be tipped a little bit one-sided to Sam Elliott getting to do a lot of the action. But that leaves Weller to do a lot of the conflicted, you know, middle-aged guy, what's my career thing going to be? So it's ultimately, you know, his story with Marks just getting to be the fun cop within that. And I think a lot of movies kind of, they have that problem with it if it's one character who's a badass cop and then they also try to do the, the character drama within that. So it's an interesting take to have the lawyer doing this and dealing with the personal crises and the cop who gets to do the action, but they don't leave out any character dynamic for him. They give him enough where you understand him. Yeah, he's a grimy undercover cop, 
right? Fucking killed the dog and it fucking weighs on him. And but at the end of the day, as as reluctant as he is to to dive deep in this and open this fucking case up, he does. And Weller is great at playing the I'm great at my job and I should do the right thing, but I'm torn because I'd love to be making some actual money. And you as the audience, you just they do give you scenes of that, but you get to fill in. And that's kind of refreshing when you watch some of these movies. You know from this cover, you know when it starts what you're getting into. So show me the goods. And that's what this movie does, man. I This thing bumped up a half point for me on the rewatch. It's exactly the type of stuff that I want to watch in 90 minutes. 4.0. Uh, 3.5 average, Cron? That would be a 3.5 average from the three of us. Scroll up a little here. Uh, Shakedown would land at number 44 on the big list. This would currently be right below Alligator, right above, talked about it earlier, Demons 2. Thought we were gonna get a bones triple feature. I feel like I owned that mid level. Um, Kron, enjoy your half point, buddy. Damn it, rigged. Uh, we were all low. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. The only dead on one was was. Cron calling Dan at a three. Uh, I would have eight points. Bones still in the lead with a nine. Dan, seven. Only two points. Separate the pack. It's still anybody's game until we announce next rewind. So, Guys, I hope you had fun. I mean, obviously your ratings are, are generally positive for the both of you two, but um, this is a, a movie I've wanted to bring to the show for some time. And I'm glad I was able to. Glad I was able to f- get it. Basically, get it for free. It was a steal on DVD, and then turning well, around and paying d- another three ninety nine to rent it because it's substantially easier to pause from your computer when you are doing plot and you decide to then go to IMDb and hope that somebody had already printed up the dead dog speech. Was that on there? It was. It was like one of three things. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it otherwise. And then a, a one minute and seven second sequence that turned into f- 30 minutes because I kept watching it. And I called my wife in and made her watch it. And I hated that I didn't record her reaction to it. But I hope you had fun, man. I had I had fun watching this movie. Shakedown was a blast. I liked it. Thought it was good. All right. Well, Dan, you want to get us out of here, and we will come back for an after showers. We'll announce your pick. As always, folks, if you're on Spotify or Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps us bring the show to more people. Uh, You can find us on social media, Threads, Letterboxd, and Instagram. Uh, there is a link to a Discord 
on every episode that drops on every Wednesday for Five Day Rentals. Click on that and you can uh, join us in the Discord. Chat with us. Send us memes, emojis, whatever you want. We'll be there. That's uh, it's a fun time. Just do it. But other than that, crash and burn. Your move, creep. Robo One Senorio. Welcome. Welcome in, everybody, to the After Shower Show. Ah, it was nice to take a long, hot shower after all that roller coaster action. My shower Watch was it. one minute and seven seconds, so don't call it long. I well, you kept long. asking us to time you. Yeah. You did it three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three minutes and 21 seconds. I have no skin left on my body. And you, you made us come in and watch you. Yeah, I need to. Weird. You guys stink. I needed to give you some sort of fucking demonstration, I guess. Dude, we only get a shower once a week. Like, what do you expect? I'm sorry that I'm taking up the shower because I'm training, getting faster and faster. I'm trying to save the planet. <laughs> yes, could I practice without water? I could, but. Practice. It's not the same. I practice for the championship. We got to water, use it. You know, it's not going to be around much longer. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, I get to. Uh, Are you stealing our water, dude? Yeah. Let's just say I I cut it off to to save on the bill. Okay? Let's just what are say you cutting into the water. Like you're, Sounds like you. I got the key. I turn it off outside. Then you guys are like, "We don't have any fucking water like anymore." Street level drug dealer who's putting mm. baking powder in their heroin to extend the life. What? I mean, there's already fluoride in the water, which you know the government did. Yeah, I got teeth just growing out of my skin. It's fucking weird. <laughs> But uh, we're I here. Know that so. Chick who's way into that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, you've made it clear that you're. She's into that too. Yeah, that's kind of. Cool. I mean, if you if you got a lot of teeth, you're into teeth. That's you interesting. Know? Yeah. It's like a chick with like really big boobs who's also into boobs. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you appre- she appreciates it. She knows the care necessary. I don't know. I'm not even gonna ask that question. Anyway, I'm here to uh, put a middle section into this two-handers category. The cream of this Oreo. Yeah, I'm here to the meat, whatever you whatever you like to put between something. Yeah. What are you putting meat between? <laughs> when you like to know. A sandwich, Karan. Come on. Two pieces of bread. The hot dog, and I'm the hot dog, and we got the two buns. Anyway. Well, it's one bun. 
It's just open in the middle. Not if you open it all the way because you've got powerful hands. You just ruined your hot dog, dude. No, you still can You just squeeze a little tighter. Now all your mustard and relish is going to spill out of the bottom. Act like you're a hot dog expert. Anyway, um, with this show, many movies are brought up and directors. Uh, check out Mount Molehill's mentioned movies on Five Day Reynolds, but not covered. I believe it's over 700 movies already. Thank you, Chris. But there is one director that Bones has commented on. And he said, not not his exact words, but his filmography is kind of a mountain that Five Day Riddles should never even attempt to hike. And being the stupid ass that I am, I started kind of digging around that mountain. Bones, do you have any idea what director I'm talking about? Did we have an off-mic conversation concerning this director? Uh, I think you've mentioned it a few times on on pod. Okay. I don't know. I'm a director guy, so uh, there's a lot of guys that I've talked about. I don't know. I know I'm. my palms are sweating right now. You guys are talking off-mic? You don't, oh, yeah, you do. don't remember? Well, we talked on mic, but we cut out a very long conversation about something. It, it's right. probably not. It's not that it's not, you would You would know what I'm talking about if this was the guy. It's not. Okay. Please continue. Because that was recent, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's not that director. Um, but Bones did mention that, and I agree with him. Uh, this director, a lot of people would would take up arms and defend him. Uh, and some people will say that I could shit in a toilet and it would be better than what David Lynch is putting on film. I mean, you guys look so sad. I didn't say that about the toilet thing. I said that. Okay, I just want to make sure that that hate is directed accordingly. <laughs> you said that that is a filmography we should probably never touch. Yes. And I agree with you. Kron, you are looking very sad. It just feels like another classic day in season two oh, pick. I'm going from Rumblefish to Swallow to Targets to David Lynch. Oh, man. You should see them rubbing their faces, audience. But hear me out. So, we got to two-handers. And there are two megastars in this movie, and Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. And it's from 1990. It's from Mr. David Lynch, and it's Wild at Heart. And I will be the first to say that you will be allowed to see my rating for this movie because I did not like it. So I will leave it up. But I think this is a prime opportunity to bring at least one David Lynch film 
to the podcast. And I think Wild at Heart is probably the best choice. I believe David Lynch has interesting things to see and some interesting things to say. And once again, I will say I am not the biggest David Lynch fan there is out there. I've seen a handful of his filmography, but I wouldn't consider myself an expert. Have you guys have you guys seen Wild at Heart? Yeah, I saw it at the Bell Court before. You did. Mm-hmm. And? I don't know, man. It's Lynch. <laughs> Dan, when we took our break from season one, did you hit your head and think that you were on the Criterion cast or something? This is not a Criterion film. I think it is. Mm-mm. It is a new, newly released Shout Select. You cannot find it anywhere, so I will provide a copy for you. But gentlemen, as always, we will have questions about the David Lynch filmography and Wild at Heart. So I've decided that I'm going to bring on Mr. Machete Greg Anderson from the weekly podcast Massacre to help us out with Wild at Heart and our David Lynch questions. That's Blue Velvet, not Wild at Heart. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And he is very excited to join us for this episode to talk Wild at Heart and David Lynch. So it might be the last... It might, it's the first, it might be the last David Lynch to be brought to the show. Who, who knows? Maybe it's the fucking Rosetta Stone for me and I'll, he'll help me unlock it and I'll become a fucking Lynch guy. I don't know. Um, I, for a second there, I thought you were going to pick Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. No. But, uh, Okay. Okay. Well, I hope I hope Machete Greg is prepared for an hour and a half TED talk peppered throughout the thing. Luckily he's he on the West very, Coast. So. He's, he's very excited whenever I uh contacted him. <laughs> okay. All right. Like I said, I think this is the best offering for it. I would yeah, but, never bring a racer head or any of the the other stuff to the show. But you're bringing a director who makes art movies that you are saying, I don't like this guy very much. That's the point. We get to spend a week with Wild at Heart and see, to get to the, the roots of it, man. I'm just going to watch Shakedown again. I take it you weren't a fan of Wild at Heart when you seen it, Kron? I don't think any of us are huge Lynch guys. <laughs> now to I, to I, to be I agree with you. To be fair, the only one that I've seen all the way through is Blue Velvet. And I was not in the right headspace. I was not I was chemically altered and that probably did not help. Now, I think a lot of people would say that's the right headspace to be, be in when you're know. watching 
The David Lynch movie. And then the original Dune, which was a movie that I just grew up on because it was Dune. So See, I never yeah, I've never yeah. seen that one. And I have put off rewatching it until I watch the new one coming out and then I was planning to revisit. But I'm I mean, I'm not I'm not bummed. I think it'll be an it's gonna be an interesting weekend of scratching my head, but hey, that's what art's supposed to do, right? I think this is... Yeah, I love not understanding stuff. (laughs) I think this one is one of the more... Straightforward. Mainline, straightforward Lynch movies. Okay, you want to explain that Wizard of Oz bit that happens in this movie? It's Kron. Did you start... Were you looking at Face Off and then you were like, oh, Nick Cage, let me look through his filmography and then came across Wild at Heart because... What? I had an, another movie picked when you announced this. I was like, done, easy. And then I was like, well, let me take a gander. And I was like, oh, shit. What was your other pick? I can't tell you that because it's eventually going to show up. What? But how come you look at Nicolas Cage and you go, look at this guy's wild fi- uh, filmography and you... Rumblefish and Wild at Heart, like, would it kill you to to give you a face off? Something, yes, you know? a Con Air, Con Air would have counted. That's that's not because you that's a five star for you. No, it's not four and a half. Four, Con Air might be a, like a two mini handers. Well, now if you would, probably be a four, for we had kind of talked about that. But if you had argued, oh, John Cusack, Nick Cage, okay, it, I believe Face Off could have been will the Rock. Show up could have been the Rock, man. We could be watching the that's Rock. A five, that's a five star for you. So, Karan, that's a five star for you. Nah, four. The Rock is not a five. It's a four. Yeah, it's probably like four. It's been a while since I've seen it. Okay, Wild at Heart, David Lynch coming to the show, people are going to be excited and then immediately bummed. Yeah, very disappointed. Machete Greg, next week, David Lynch, Five Day Rentals. Get your earbuds ready, baby. It's going to be the equivalent of like a, a child's fire safety seminar, right? Like Greg's going to be our our chief having to talk down our dumb asses about this this genius guy my eyes are gonna roll and like it's probably going to be very lynchian why why do you say that because i'm dumb like i i i brought shakedown i guess i'm i do i'm too fucked up to get into this stuff like i start i have I panic attacks you. like what I believe in you. I watched that short film that he did with the monkey. Did you see that on Netflix? I started it and never finished yeah, it. My, I agree I agree with you. I know, but I'm not and my thing is it it's not it's like there's a charm to it where I I can't immediately go like as harsh as you like oh this is bad. It's just like a, I I don't I I don't get this. I can't 
Why did you, why'd you pick this, Dave? Look, if Greg would have said no, this would have never been a pick. The beauty here is Don't put it on him now. Don't try (laughs) to pass this blame like, I gave him the option. I'm not passing it. He is coming on. He's very excited. Um, You reimbursing him? Because it's going to be work for him. It won't be fun. He's all right. He send him some. He can hold his some own. Midwest we beers. That. We love Machete Greg. This reminds me. Why did uh, I thought about this on break? Sorry, I wanted to bring this up. Our buddy DK also did the music for Brantley's documentary. I wanted to reinforce that as well. Even more of a reason to buy it. There's yes. a link for this episode. We got good Cron, good, good podcast. Why did I pick friends. this? Yes. Why are you? Because he's he's him. It, he is damn. Yeah, but you're what is like, wrong with this pick? This is wild and crazy. Yeah, but you're saying like, here's an esoteric director who makes movies that I don't That's understand. The director, we got I, the movie, and I don't like them. Here's my pick for this week. You've never took an opportunity on this show to be like, I didn't like. Th- we, we, we did that with Mad Max Fury Road. I didn't like. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I but was excited. Bones liked that movie, and he picked not really? it. Four point yeah, five did. stars. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't when you first watched it. Fair point. You think that you're going to change from your score? We'll see. I mean, that is but possible. That's the point. It is possible. Sometimes when you are doing the plot breakdown, I will say that it. For me, sometimes when I'm dissecting it a little bit more, it, it clicks for me. So. I feel like you're just trying to take these like highbrow. No. What what is highbrow? Face off. High, highbrow is wild at heart. Swallow. Targets. Targets. Rumblefish. Wild. I do not think what. Watch the first three minutes of Wild at Heart, and you think that's highbrow? I think like everybody who's is it you know fucking. There's a lot of that. Does it open with? Okay. I think it's like film culture though, has said Lynch is like, one of the guys. But we're not film culture. We're Five Day Rentals. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Explain the Oz bit. Next week, Dan, crash and burn. I would like to reach out my hand. Oh, Messiah, oh, tell you to run. That's not an all timer. I'm sorry. <laughs>